somebody's got an echo on. What's going on, everybody? Welcome on in to the show live on two channels. Philly take with RB running back. Philly got all my guys up in here, man. This is going to be a fun one. Sixers trade deadline roundtable discussion. My first time working with some of these guys. Uh, rather than me going around and introducing, I'll just let I'll let them go one by one. Uh, but thank you guys all for being here, man. And I'm freaking pumped. We're going to talk trade deadline stuff. The game last night, the Sixers pulling out against the gritty Memphis team. They're rocking and rolling. And we're going to talk about 2-5 and everything that happened today. We got 80 people already up in the chat. Shout out to you guys wherever you're watching. Hit the like button, subscribe. Hit the notification bell. We'll all be covering the team. These guys do tremendous work. I'm going to let them go uh, one by one. We'll start with Greg. What's up, everybody? Uh Shit, I go first. I, I didn't have this prepped. Um, the YouTube is <laughs> at Greg Melly. Um, it's a pleasure working with the RB. This is my first time working with everyone here. Uh, I know I've talked to a few of you guys about making content, so I'm glad we can get this done. Let's talk about the the freaking game of last night. Game of the year. Sixers game. That's all I got to talk That's about. Sean, go ahead. Oh, my bad. And uh, yeah, so uh, Sean Bernard here. You can check out my uh, check me out on YouTube for PickSwap podcast for all our Sixers content there. You can also check out my written work on phillysportsnetwork.com. I'm the Sixers lead writer for them and my Twitter at Sean underscore Bernard one. So all Sixers content all around. Who's next? Me? Run it back, <laughs> Philly. No frauds, no fanboys, no intros. I don't know, man. What's up? Glad to be here, man. Six people in one stream. It's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. I never I never even did a live stream with this many people at the same time. So you know what I mean? It's gonna be good. Yeah. DJ, you sound like you're uh, you sound like you're dreading this trade deadline coming up, man. Come on. <laughs> I am nothing's gonna happen now. I'm convinced nothing's gonna oh, happen. It's uh, gonna be terrible. Uh, damn, it looks like I'm about to be going up against a whole war tonight, man. All right. Yeah. Especially go. after last night. We don't need we can keep him till the offseason. Let me look. Ty, I, I'll take Tyrese Maxey over him right now. <laughs> I'm gonna just bite my tongue for now. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> what is happening, guys? Uh, Dives, Mr. Crockpot. I am a partner for the Painted Lines, PaintedLines.com, Painted Lines YouTube channel, uh, Sixers, Eagles content, NFL, NBA draft, you name it. Uh, just honored to be joining uh, this panel of awesome creators, man. Just freaking honored. I'm excited to talk about Ben's soft ass, uh, Doc Rivers' fake ass. Uh, oh as good God. as these Sixers have played, especially these last two games, man. I've got a lot of problems with this team, and we're going to talk about it. <laughs> yes, sir. And uh, as you guys can see, I am Scotty. You can find me on Twitter, at Scotty Drowned. I am one of the founders of DSM Media. You can find us on Twitter, at DSM underscore media. And you can find us on YouTube, at DSM Media. Just type it in. You'll find us. Make sure you subscribe. But uh I'm ready to talk about this <laughs> number 25. Um, you know, one of the one of the only athletes that I can say that I truly hate. Um, and so I'm I'm ready to dig into it, guys. All right, before we get into the spicy stuff, man, how about something positive, man? Come on, we won the game last <laughs> night. <laughs> Sixers got the dub last night, man. Get shout out to all these guys. 15 and 3 in the last 18. Boys, I think we're making a run, man. I think we're making a run. Enders, <laughs> man. Look, um, Sixers bowling, Tyrese, Maxi. Talk about a dude that actually has grit, man, and toughness. The way he battled last night. Tobias Harris, you know I'm coming with the Toby defense tonight, man. Pass around the apology for him, man. Toby's been balling. Yeah. He's been balling, man. 
I've had subs uh, screaming for an apology video. I'm like, God, just one more game, dude. Just one more game. <laughs> He's balling, man. But, hey, it, it all serves us. The Sixers get a gritty win last night. Um, their third in the East, a half game out of the first seed. Some people are conflicted. But at the end of the day, all we can do right now is be proud. We are 50 games in. Like, where did 50 games go, man? And here we are still with a giant hole in the roster. But, hey, I thought, I thought last night was a characteristic win, and I thought, like, each time we've played a big team this season, I feel like we step up to the occasion. I feel like we play up to competition. But let's just go around and just get, like, a big takeaway from last night. Like I said, I just started off pretty much like the fact that we play up to competition. But uh, we'll start with Scotty. What, what's your biggest takeaway from last night's game? Yeah, I you know, um, if you caught me on social media, I called it the biggest win of the season so far. Obviously, it's without Joel Embiid. So the, it, it shows the development that the rest of the team, you know, kind of put on the forefront yet last night. Um, I'm with you, RB. I, I thought it was a great Tobias game. Um, and the reason that I'm pointing to Tobias, obviously Maxie's the guy that sticks out. He's the young, he's a young boy that's really playing out of this world right now. But Tobias was going up against Jaron Jackson, and I was really paying attention to that matchup because the last time they played Memphis, Jaron Jackson punished Tobias. He he embarrassed him in a sense, in my opinion just looking at that deliberate matchup and they ended up blowing the, the Sixers out the last time they played. So um, to see Tobias bounce back, he controlled that matchup this time, outplayed Jaron Jackson um, and ultimately got the Sixers a win. Crosspot, go ahead, man. Yeah. How do you not start with Tyrese freaking Maxi, man? That, that was just a show. That was a show last night. How many times have you been waiting for uh, Tobias Harris, sounds Joel Embiid, to just take the ball and, and dominate offensively for this team? That's what Tyrese Maxey did last night. You look, you talk about 50 games into the season. It fucking took 50 games for Doc Rivers to put the ball in the goddamn hands of his best playmaker, and that is Tyrese Maxey. Tyrese Maxey was everything. He looked straight into John Morant. How freaking good is John Morant? He is unbelievable. He looked at him and said, look at me. I'm the captain now. And he took it and he delivered, man. This is a kid who has stepped up again and again. You look at that Atlanta series. Uh, you look at here. Uh, you look at his November. When the ball is in his hands, he dominates. And I'm not – there's a lot to be said about, you know, Tyrese Maxey this season. Should he be starting? Should he be off the bench? Would it be a better spark off the bench offensively? There's a lot to talk about there. But Tyrese Maxey was terrific, man. Uh, just an entertaining, top-notch, entertaining game for the Sixers. The other main takeaway of that game was Andre freaking Drummond, man. The question is, can we rest Joel Embiid more because of Andre Drummond's rise? His interior defense last night was terrific. His ability to uh, stop the pick and roll, stop those guards penetrating into the paint was top-down terrific, man. Andre Drummond, the blocks, the pat. There's not a window that Andre Drummond doesn't love, man. I love the dude. What a great signing. Those are my top two takes. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Anybody? Nah, Anybody? Sean, yeah, I, can, oh, yeah. I can jump in next. I mean, all great points so far. I mean, there's been so many times this season that we've kind of seen Joel Embiid just kind of like backpack this team through a game and, and through the season so far. So to me, it was just so cool to see the team step up on their own and anytime we're winning without joel is a major thing and last night was just exactly that it was it was amazing to see against like a legitimately good grizzlies team who really did give their best effort like it wasn't like they were missing guys i mean dylan brooks was out but and they missed a couple threes but that was like a legit best effort from them and to see this sixers answer every call i mean 
just the the mentality adjustment and growth in this team that really has been transcended in a lot of ways from Joel and just the mindset and that everything it's huge and I I can't say enough about Tyrese Max yeah that is my big takeaway too I mean he's 21 years old he's exceeded every expectation I think anyone has set from at this point and and really is like the saving the saving grace that we have to hold on as the franchise right now so uh, the more he can get involved, the better. Uh, it's amazing when he's just given the keys and, and said to just go out there and make things happen. The the pace and space that we had last night around him was awesome. And, I mean, there's a lot of good things to take from last night. So I agree that it was the best one of the season. I, I was thrilled with everything I saw. If we keep running I, the damn offense through Tobias Harris, man, I'm, I'm going to riot. I'm going to riot. Stop with the corner three. Stop with the catch and shoot. Give the ball. Man. Give the ball to Tyrese. I got I got two he takeaways. Has to ego, man. He has said. To. I got two takeaways Evan said. One, we all know a monster problem in Philadelphia is the lack of athleticism. We get out rebounded like crazy because we have a bunch of slow dudes who can't jump past a four inch vertical. Yeah. The Grizzlies are arguably the most athletic team in the NBA. Like that was my concern coming into last night. The lack of athleticism and the difference between the two teams two teams. And we stepped up and we rebounded the basketball like well. Like, we didn't give up a ton of second-chance points, which is such an Achilles heel for this team. And our defense was great. And it wasn't even Matisse Seibel. Like, Matisse Seibel didn't really play very great at the, at the end of the game on uh, John Morant. John Morant got what he wanted. My thing is, Tyrese Maxey's defense was the best I've ever seen it. And that's my biggest takeaway. It's like, we know Tyrese is growing offensively. Like, he's been doing that for the last two years. I made a video last year saying Tyrese is going to be an all-star. Now, that may not even be high enough. This kid, legitimately, we don't know what his ceiling is because he gets better every single time. He steps up in the moment. He does exactly what 2-5 does not do. He comes to play the big games, and he takes the team on his shoulders. But his defense was incredible. And to go up against an MVP candidate, arguably the best point guard in the entire Western Conference, in, in an incredible guard conference and go toe-to-toe with him in a classic Dawkins duel. Dude, it's unreal that we won that game. The fact that Tyrese Maxey did everything that he did on both ends of the court and the fact that Tobias Harris, as much as I hate to goddamn admit it, the dude was a bucket. The dude had some huge shots, huge shots. And it started from the L.A. game against the Lakers when Embiid was hurt. It looked like the only way we we're going to win that game is if Tobias Harris and it took a little bit more of a load, and that's exactly what he did. And from that moment on, he has been really dependable. Dude, I like that you said he does exactly what Ben Simmons doesn't do because last night, down one in overtime, have you ever seen Ben Simmons do that one single time in his entire career? Bring oh, the ball up with that level of confidence and say, I'm getting to the rim, I'm winning this game. He never. He would have crossed half court and handed it off to Seth Curry or something. So Tyrese Maxey did something last night that Ben Simmons hasn't done in five years, and that's the mentality that you need at the top of the key. And it's that that's the kind of player you need, especially with Joel Embiid. We were without him last night, but that's the type of player we've been searching for this whole time. And we've been lying to ourselves. I mean, I haven't for a couple of years now, but in the beginning I was lying to myself about, oh, this can work, this can fit, he can do this maybe a little better. And then, no, it was all BS the whole time. It was never going to work. The the guy, it made no sense to draft him and try to pair him with Joel and be behind sights 2020. But I hope Tyrese Maxey, I hope that was, I hope that's like a confidence boost and I hope he can keep that like killer instinct up with Joel Embiid on the floor because I think he's, He's still learning how to, you know, be have a facilitator's mindset a little bit and know when to when to attack and when to, you know, come around the screen and look for somebody. But last night, 
I just liked it because he wasn't, he wasn't, uh, you know, he was just like, this is me. This is my, this is my team right now. I'm number one right now. I'm, I'm scoring, I'm winning the game And at 21 years old. It's who knows what he could be, man. And, you know, we argue all the time about whether you would, whether or not you would throw him in a trade package. Uh, last night really, Can't. really put me on, on the, like, I just don't think I could do it, man. Yeah. Cause not he'll, he'll, he'll turn into a superstar by the time he's 24. Yeah. yeah, he's going to be good. The The best play of the game to me was when, you know, there was 25 seconds ago, you needed a bucket. Like, when, how long have we been searching for a guy that we just go out there and say, all right, put it on the floor, go get us a bucket. Like, he literally left these dudes in the wind, man. Easy layup. And then at the end of the game, that was a great play, by the way, by Thibault, saving that pass and throwing it down the floor. Uh, but, you know, when Maxi finishes that layup, and he kind of walks past the baseline, and you just feel the crowd feeding off his energy. like. It, it, like it looked like a dude that had been in the league for years, and this is a 21 year old kid, and he's just feeding like he's looking at the entire like he just gets it, he gets it, he works hard. I agree, this kid is going to be uh, he's going to be really special, man. Rick Bennett with the ten dollar donation says, Wow, so much fire on. We may get burned with the takes tonight, bring it on, finish and complete the puzzle. Thank you very much, Rick. Appreciate you being in here. Great channel member, Andre with the two dollar super chesses. Did Philly win the game or did Memphis lose it? I don't even think that's a question, man. I think Philly yep. that one without Joel and B. Question: Without Joel and B to get a win like that, and Greg was talking about you know how gritty Memphis is. They're the number three team in defense. They're a top three team in rebounding. They're just they just swarm you, man. And without Joel and B, and it's crazy. I want to get some thoughts on this because like, why can't Tyrese Maxey do this on a nightly basis, man? He can. He can average this year. Coach is telling him it's not to. Right? It's 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 definitely clueless. But here's clueless. my thing, fellas. <laughs> and, and I've been going back and forth with DJ on this, and I appreciate his take. But look, man, when Tyrese is more aggressive, Toby only has to take 10 to 12 shots a night. He could be efficient. We can't have Toby taking as many shots. We need to put the rock in Maxie's hands. This thing can we can work it out if we get another player in here. What do you guys think about that? And then uh, people will just be even more pissed off about the contract if that happens. But uh, I do agree <laughs> with the, the – Screw the contract at this point, man. We, yeah. that's, that's long gone. <laughs> yeah. It takes a ton of pressure off Tobias if you do that as well. And, yeah. you know, part of the problem with Doc as well is, like, not only do you not put the ball in Maxie's hands, stagger him with the second unit more. Like, they need a ball handler. I mean – I know you all have thought this. Like, I know that this is not some hot take, like some like in-depth basketball analysis. Stagger him with the unit where he's scoring is needed. It makes sense. So like, obvious. I don't understand so it. Obvious. Now he puts Tobias so with the second unit. It's like <laughs> and runs the offense from Tobias. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, that yeah, requires dribble. Toby yeah. can't facilitate his own play. Everybody mm-hmm. in the NBA knows that. Right. Every yeah. content creator, including myself, screams for Tyrese Maxey to get minutes on staggered time with Embiid. If we're saying it, what the hell is Doc Rivers doing? Listen, Joey, all he, he does is this, pop his arms. Bro, and Doc Rivers has this idea that he, he loves veteran players. He loves veteran players. He immediately says the veteran is better because he's older, bro. Uh-huh. He just doesn't get it. I'm telling you. Doc has this much self-awareness, man. The dude, you cannot convince me that Doc is even coaching on that sideline. You cannot convince. Like he look at his comments today about how he he went up and Greg Popovich came up to him and said, Oh, I totally agree that like um remember that comment against you know a week ago that Doc said, uh that's that's an unfair question. I've earned uh my right here as a head coach. (laughs) You remember that, guys? 
Yeah. Like you're dealing with a head coach that has this much self-awareness. The ego is crazy. The guy is a pomp. He's pompous. He's an ass. He doesn't, I do not have any ounce of confidence that he's going to make an adjustment this season. It literally will be on Tyrese Maxey, a 21-year-old, 20, to take the rock and say, this is my team now. And I, it's just not going to happen this year. Tyrese is going to have to walk to the sub table just to get minutes when Embiid's off the court. Yo, so yeah, I'm that. coming in. You know out. Isaiah Joe just had 10 points and probably never going to play again. <laughs> Four-point plays. When's the last time we've ever seen a dude? Corkmaz coming back points. with a vengeance, man. Cork- he's, putting, <laughs> he's throwing Corkmaz <laughs> right back in there for 42 minutes. I don't know if you guys saw last night. There was, I was Charles, like, Charles Bassey is probably in, like, Alaska or, like, Russia <laughs> now. He's, he's out. Bassey was struggling, man. Yo, <laughs> night, there was seven minutes to go, and I'm screaming at the TV, and I'm saying, yo, Doc, get Maxie back in. Get Maxie back in. He actually wasn't going to put him in. The camera flipped real fast to the scores table, and Maxie's yelling at Doc. He's like, yo, put me in. Put me in. Like, come on, Doc. You got to stop with these, like, you know, periodic rotations. It's so annoying. Like, so predictable. six minutes left in the game. Joel doesn't have to wait till the 6 mark. <laughs> it's lazy, bro. Like, it's who lazy. else you got to get He doesn't up. have any feel for the game. He doesn't have any feel for who's playing well. He doesn't have any feel for – he sticks to his like his specific rotations at specific moments, and it makes – it's not how the NBA is anymore, dude. Like, you yeah. have to adapt. You have to follow the hot hand. It's infuriating. It's That's so how Brett Brown was. It was, all, he, it was Reed, all from analytics. Why is Paul Reed not playing and Charles Bassey is getting – Charles Bassey looked mm-hmm. – atrocious his hands are terrible like you can't catch anything play paul reed yeah i, uh, game, man. I get a feel hey, I'm, i like bassett better than paul reed i i, I like i'm a bassett guy I, I don't think i don't know if paul reed has a role in the nba i've been saying that for a long time i think bassett is a better more pure nba basketball player on my end but he would the, the only thing you saw doc get the what the technical foul there yeah <laughs> you can't i can't convince me that he's actually trying on this island there's no way I think Bass is more skilled, but I think Paul Reed is is more of a spark and more athletic. So there's certain, you know what I mean? Like you'd have to pick and yeah, choose Paul, who you want at certain, Reed, certain times. I think Reed Bass is more of a bit. He makes things happen. I don't. I don't. I don't know what Paul Reed is. I, like you Neither look at Paul Reed. Yeah, he's he's more of like a if Matisse Thybulle is a little bit bigger. Like he's just a disruptor. He causes havoc. Forty-four percent uh, from three in the G League, and has I know it's yeah. not the point line. He can't game. even hit the rim when he plays in the Sixers game. Like, what is crazy. going on? Well, I, I'll tell you the problem is that these dudes get three and a half minutes to prove themselves, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. then get benched. Well, I mean, Isaiah Joe yeah. comes in yesterday, gets back-to-back four-point plays, and then you know he comes out for twelve minutes. It's like, come <laughs> on, man, come on, you got to get a feel. Go back beat. in and be hot again. All of a sudden, dude, that's not how it works. It's frustrating, yeah. man. Let's hit some of these uh, super chats real quick. Uh, Andre says, if Morgan gets hard and isn't the rest of the league going to cry collusion and then we lose a draft pick, um, who knows? And honestly, who cares at this point? Yeah, like, we just, with me. <laughs> He'd waste it anyway. Exactly. And we're, we're going to talk more about that, no doubt. Duncan with the $5 super chat says, why does it seem like teams are more interested in who comes with Simmons on a package uh, than him? Is his value that low now? <laughs> Another thing we're about to get into <laughs> Uh, it's going to get uh, a little bit hot <laughs> here, man. Andre yeah. with the $2 donation. Everything is about Joel. That's why Maxi struggles. I mean, okay. Fair. Fair. I mean, it is about him because he's the best player in the world right now. Uh, Aaron with the $10 donation says the difference between Maxi and 2-5 is the mentality. Everything 2-5 is bad at is a strength for the kid. He's anti-2-5. <laughs> he took his biggest weakness shooting and in one offseason made it a strength. 
it was real. Nine percent, man, from deep. Mm. for real. And I, you know, some some actually somebody uh, sent me a tweet today. I think two five had five or six games with like uh, a certain amount of blocks or something, and uh, Max I, had four blocks last night. In the thirty point games, it was uh, Simmons I has six that. thirty point games through his Thank career, and Maxi already has five, which is pretty That's absurd. <laughs> and Max Maxi also has more. Uh, blocks in a game than two five. Listen, that, listen, follow. dude. I think that's how naturally bad at basketball Ben Simmons is. Because if yeah. you're if you're six eleven with that athleticism, how are you not blocking all kinds of shots all over the place? This I've never. I don't think I've ever seen him block one. And I'm gonna. Yeah, he's gonna, never averaged over a block per game in a season. I've always that, thought that that's was insane. Get into my point about why this man might not play in the league anymore. Because I'm telling you, like. I said that it, earlier today too. Yeah. It's getting risky. Like you, you got to have a paint presence. You know what I mean? And he, he can't shoot, and he doesn't have a paint presence. So I put up a poll on my Twitter that was like, uh, "Will Ben Simmons ever play in the NBA again?" I don't really think that's like a crazy stretch. Maybe a little bit, but I, I try to tell these dudes, he man, has I, to because of the money. He absolutely yeah. has to. I think he will, but I'm telling y'all, like three to four years is the extent if he does not start playing offense. Which I'm is so you. insane for a guy who just has the baseline of what he is. Like, literally, you can cash out max contract after max contract by just doing the bare minimum playing basketball and doing what he does naturally. And just to have, like, not that lack of desire. I mean, we're, we're straight up seeing it this year, which is, like, I don't know how you can look at this team and not want to be a part of it if you're you're sitting on the outside right now. Like, this is, has been the most fun Sixers team to watch, from my perspective, in a while. And just the mentality, the effort, the the just – they get up for games and that's new and just uh it speaks a lot to just be comfortably sitting on the sideline and dropping these sob stories on a on a regular basis as you just fight for whatever uh penny change you can shake out of your contract. And that the timing of that report that Ben Simmons report right after the most exciting win of the se- of the season uh featuring Tyrese Maxey man it, it's just comical. It's Dude, it's so soft man. Charmin. <laughs> And, and then they, if you read the uh, if you read the article at the end, it's like he watches every game and he really wants to get back. <laughs> like, man, what world, dude? You're passing up millions not to play basketball. Yeah, like, it's, a, it's still his team in there. Still it's his like, team in there. Like, what does that even mean? After you just read, you just wrote a whole article saying how he doesn't want to play for Philadelphia, but <laughs> he still watches every game and it's his team. Like, what sense does that make? It, it sounded like Rich Paul wrote it. Did you guys did. read the I... whole the whole actual article? Because somebody yeah. sent it to me because I wasn't going to pay a subscri- ESPN Plus subscription to read that. But somebody somebody emailed it to me, and it's there's so much weird stuff in there about him trying to find places to work out, and then as soon as a picture would surface, he couldn't go back there again, and then he his whole team was working on places for him to work out where people wouldn't know and stuff like what what why are it's you like... doing this hard? Just go play basketball. What he's the most unphilly Philly athlete of all. Time. Oh my god. I got two things for y'all. First off, to what Sean said, that is a magnificent point. I was talking about it earlier today. Like, do you know how selfish this man looks right now? He, This team is balling out. We're having fun. Joel is ascended. Maxi ascended. Like, honestly, if 2-5 lived up to the potential, he's exactly what we would need on a team. For but sure. it's like, how yeah. bad do you look right now? Like, you don't want to come play ball. You don't want to come play for one of the best teams in the league right now. You want to go to your own situation. That's bad. And the other thing, anybody feel free to jump in. Like, you guys, I'm sure you guys have all played ball, right? Like, we, we go to the court with your boys. Like, what's the first thing you do when you're pulling up? <laughs> Not even before you put your shoes on yet. Like, what is the first? For me, I'm launching it. 
from three, bro. Before I even get on the court, I'm like, you're telling me. In I shoot game, it from the grass as I'm walking towards the court. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The socks and the slides on, man. You're shooting the ball. Like, this guy, yeah. I give DJ credit, man. Like, he, he has to be trolling us. Like, there's just no outright reason he would not shoot in a game. And you just take that criticism, and now you just don't want to ever play for us again. Like, it's, it's weird. This guy like, has something wrong. There's something wrong. You know, and now he's trying to he's trying to say things and all these stories are trying to make people feel bad or something like that. But he's he's still trying to sell his trade value to NBA owners. These are not compassionate people. These are old billionaires. Yeah. So you're saying <laughs> new things like mental health awareness and all this. These guys are like, what? Get this dude. I don't want him around my team. Like you're not really selling yourself very well to to the NBA owners, as far as I'm concerned. And you then like the, mental the nerve, the nerve to put like a negative you know, like a negative story about Joel Embiid out right now. Like, like what, what world are we living in where an article regarding around Ben Simmons can decrypt Embiid as this negative factor? Like, in, an, in the middle of an MVP campaign, like this dude and, and Rich Paul, I mean, that whole whatever they want to call themselves – it, I mean, it's ridiculous the amount of delusion that they're operating with. Bro, Shaq said it best. Shaq, I never thought I would say that in my life, but Shaq said it best. He was like, he didn't even call Ben Simmons by his name. He was just like, he's a crybaby. Great players get criticized, and great players come back, and, and they do well. No, Who is shit on – Joel Embiid gets shit on so much. All of my life, I've watched him get shit on by Charles Barkley and Shaq constantly. Every game on TNT, they're like, he has to do more, he has to do more. Do you think Embiid's out there crying? Like, Shaq, Shaq couldn't shoot threes like me. Like, dude, like, no. Embiid goes to the gym. He gets better. He didn't need to get better from last year, and he got better. He's literally the best player in the world right now. And Ben Simmons just falls. Falls. Shaq's at a best. He's a cry baby. What, like kind of, what, kind of top, what kind of top-notch coach or, like, you know, championship contending team is going to want to bring a guy like that onto their roster that's just going to cry and cry and cry and cry and – complain that someone hurt his feelings and like honestly yeah. like does, who wants this yeah. guy it's not it, the place for him is a like low level regular season success team like a, a sacramento kings or a, like a that that tier of team is his his kind of landing place that he's shooting for and would love to land and is honestly the only fit like I realistically can't see a contender looking at Ben Simmons and seeing him as like the missing piece and I get there's things that he does and Brooklyn, Brooklyn's a unique case that I could see. They're maybe. the only ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah Brooklyn but, is. I think Brooklyn would would be interested. I think. Yeah. I think we'll they need that. to let go of the Ben Simmons is a point guard thing. First of all, like he has to play with a point guard on the floor because yeah. you know in the fourth quarter he just hides in the corner and then you don't have a point guard. Then you got Seth Curry out here trying to run an offense a whole game. Like it's <laughs> it doesn't work. And you know if you can give him a point guard, if he can just be like a Draymond Green on steroids right. or something yep. like that, then maybe. But. Yeah, but the difference between him and Draymond is mentality. So yeah, would yeah. he succeed in that? Because Draymond is not really the most skilled and athletic player. He never has been. That's why he's a late – was he a second-round pick, right? Michigan yeah. State. Mm -hmm. The dude is just – he grinds. Ben Simmons slain, may though. crack in that role. He gets it's a little bit of bump of a physicality, and he's done. He's done. It's probably the easiest comparison for Ben Simmons and, like, what he could be at his optimal level. But, like, like you said, the mentality is not there, like, at no. all. Draymond Green came in as a rookie lead, being a leader on the team. Ben Simmons is not that, period. I, I've always loved that comparison, but it always makes you think, like, yeah, always. but the difference is it's it's mentality. And at the end of the day, I think that's what makes people good at what they do, regardless of what it is. 
because I, we love the comment, I love the comment from Zach here that like about the whole Jimmy Butler issue, man. We, we chose Ben Simmons over Jimmy Butler. We're talking about heart. We're talking about uh, playmakers, closers. Ah, it kills me, man. It just kills me. It's because our owners have their hands in everything and they don't know what they're doing, man. They thought they, they just looked at him on a surface level and said, this is a 6'10 LeBron James. Do whatever he says. Nobody tell him anything. If you don't piss him off. Trade everybody, get rid of everyone, keep Ben Sim. They thought he was a gold mine. I'll tell you what, man. If he the next team he goes to, if he doesn't have a coach that's really gonna get under his skin, I, I don't see him ever getting better. I think it's I, just I don't I, like this. That would never happen. Yeah, I think either. the opposite. I think he will absolutely crumble if that's the case. I think the the over-under for basketball games played goes down a great deal if there's a coach digging into him. And I mean that says a lot about him more than anything, but I, I think Doc Rivers coming in was that was the the mindset behind it from the Sixers perspective is okay. that he was this like accountability guy, a guy that will bring it. And it simply did not work. And I mean, Doc gave his hype up to the media all season about how great this guy is and everything. And it's still just we saw how it all turned out. Oh, yeah, we, we definitely got to get to that. Shout out. We got 350 people in the chat, guys. Thank you for being here. Hit the like button, subscribe wherever you're watching. Shout out to all these guys. Our links are down uh, on the banner there. Let's get to some of these super chats. Steven says, which bench players would you not want to trade? Andre Drummond. Um, <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, Sorry, a couple consistent ones, man. Niang. Niang, baby. Um, we definitely need some bench help, no doubt. Andre with the $2 super chat. Uh, when you don't want someone, you trade them, right? Not if they're not going to help you out in any way. Not if they're going to. Yeah, not, not for just anything. Yeah, if, I mean, you know, if they're, if I get it, you know, it's. One time his value was substantially higher, and now he's essentially worth nothing at this point. And it, it's tough, man. And you're trying to contend. Shout out to my guy, Philly Talk Podcast, Philly Mike, with the $2 donation. Says, and B, don't hurt his feelings last night. Last night's game did. What, there, there's no shot he was watching that game last night. There's no <laughs> shot at all. I don't think he likes watching and like studying. I, I don't think so. I think oh, he just shows no. up and goes on, puts it on his Instagram story. He wants to be a celebrity, bro. But California team, California team. He doesn't care about basketball. Yeah, no shot. Listen, he, he was yep. just gifted the he was just gifted a super rare athleticism. And they were like, You're better than everyone at basketball. And he was like, Okay, cool. And they and they were like, You're in the NBA now. And then it was like, Oh, now I have to learn how to play. I don't want to do that. I mean, y'all have y'all read the article <laughs> from like it, it was from a couple years ago. I, I think it was like right after the Toronto series where they basically wrote about Ben Simmons as a child, and his mom had to use to, like used to have to give him money to go play, like go play -uh. basketball. Yeah, I, I swear it's an ESPN article. I can't remember who it's by. I have to pull it up after this, but um, they they wrote how he basically had to be paid by his mom, his mother, and his father to go play basketball with the kids because he was so shy and scared. Somehow I hate this. Oh my I swear, like, she would give him, like, $20 to go play a pickup game. Like, it, it was I never thought I could hate Ben odd. Simmons more, but you just helped me do that. So. <laughs> it's <laughs> odd, bro. It's odd. Thank yeah. you for that. It's crazy, man. As a five foot ten white guy, that, like, just kills me, man. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Give that Give that to somebody else. <laughs> God, why? Dude, why did you pick it's Ben true. Simmons? God, why? I want to start crying now. That's crazy. Why did Philly pick him? That's the <laughs> every and Markel. <laughs> Dude, don't even remind me, man. But also, listen, even if your kids, even if your kids six ten, two forty, you can't force them to play basketball. I mean, he made it to the NBA, but now look, he's the joke of the entire like sports universe. So yeah, unfortunate, man. It's it's terrible. Carlos with the five dollar super chest salute RB salute panel. 
You could have criticized Joel in the Raptors series, the same Joel who had a torn meniscus and performed better than him. And my whole thing about that is like, we're here three years later. Joel got significantly better. He took it to heart. He used them tears. Everybody was making fun of him. What did he do? I mean, he got even better. And even last year to this year, you guys were talking about that. Why did he get better this year? My opinion is that he doesn't have a dude that won't play offense. That's clogging his space. And uh, come playoff time, I know everybody wants to chit-chat now, but like come playoff time, I'm excited to see shooters around Joel instead of a guy who's just going to stand there and dump the ball off at half court. Like I think it gives us a shot. You know, Regardless which- if we're a contender or not, dude, the Sixers are going to be a tough team to beat in a seven-game series strictly because we have the best player in the world. There, there's yeah, not a I mean, single there's not I a single agree. player in this league and uh-huh. single person in this universe that can guard Joel Embiid one-on-one and dude, his and only issue is he, he couldn't pass out of a double team and now he's like oh Jokic yeah I can do that shit you know what I mean yeah. like he literally <laughs> doesn't have a weakness he doesn't have a weakness in this game his yeah. playmaking this year has been like unreal out of this world unreal. Yeah, for his love, standard I would absolutely love for the Sixers to keep feeding into that and just surround him with more cutters and more shooters and just fully feed into that because uh, when we talk about the Jokic and Embiid like passing debates, I think so much of that is just scheme based, and that like Embiid 100%. just isn't asked to do those things. He's showing that he can, and if they have the right guys around him and cycle right, I think this is like tra- could transform this offense in a way that I would just love to see happen. Look at the athleticism of Denver; they're so athletic. It's literally yeah, exactly. set around Jokic perfectly. And ironically, this oh, and you have a younger, more no. creative coach at the helm. The Sixers, ironically, have two of the top cutters in basketball. As much as we hate on Furkan Korkmaz, he's, when they when they cut to the basket, when Matisse cuts to the basket, this team actually produces. They're they're excellent at it, but they're second worst in the NBA at it. They're actually used to be the worst. Now the Knicks are the worst. Fuck you, New York. Um, but <laughs> it's good to see that uh, you know you, you're seeing uh, Embiid and Matisse build some chemistry there with cuts. Uh, we've seen that over the last you know handful of games. Uh, that's like the next step, you know, you know, Matisse, you know, becoming that league average three point shooter, you know, you could get a few cuts a game. You make this guy, not like a, a zero on offense. Matisse is so valuable, so valuable. It's, there's like pockets where he just gives you nothing offensively, uh, especially because of Doc in, in the scheme. Um, but that's an area I completely agree with Sean is that that's an area that you can really unlock. Uh, and to, to be fair, you know, the Sixers are much better at cutting to the basket this season than last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's easy when it's not four on five. Yeah. I also say there's a uh, much more chemistry between Matisse and Joel in the dunker spot than there ever was with Ben Simmons, yeah. which I, I think is somewhat noteworthy. I, think I, I, I put up a highlight reel of uh, Joel Embiid's January highlights, man. He had some sick passes this month. Yeah. Sick passes where uh, um, he just sees the guy cutting behind him. No look passes over the yeah. shoulder, man. It's been nice. And, and I'm dude, he's yeah, he's looked you know, off defenders like he's looked to the top of the key and thrown it to the to the corner. Like he's making no yeah. look one handed passes. Yeah, and he's moving guys like that's another level oh, of IQ when he's just pointing beautiful. for people to go or pointing to people to stay before the play even happens and it's working. Like that's the next level IQ that we're seeing with like the LeBron, the the top level tier, yeah. and it's so cool to yeah. just watch him grasping the game at the, that level. He, and he and that's the, the game thing. unfold before it does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree 100%. And the the greatness of Joel, man, we're about to talk about what this team needs to do. And I can't wait to hear from you guys on that. Taz with the $20 super chat. Appreciate the love, man. Says Ben's like a he's like a black hole. He's so <laughs> joy from us. He had one of the greatest games of the season, and he has to do something to be <laughs> Get him out of here. Let's move on from hashtag that man. 
Hashtag make the <laughs> trade, man. Because I'm I'm like, is that is that ESPN? Like, you know, because obviously it's a, it's a great play by ESPN to you know gather you know a bunch of viewers on that article, but like. Did they just watch down the stretch last night in OT and they're just counting down? They're like, yeah, win Sixers so we can release this Ramona Shelbourne bomb. Like, it, and, they, and they thought it was going to do something. Like, it doesn't do anything to us at this point. It's just more of what we already knew. But, like, the outside the outside media clings to that shit. And it, it's so annoying, bro. Like, There's in a day where they the should be talking about the Sixers beating one of the best teams in the Western Conference, yeah. Yeah. going on one having one of the best months in the NBA, Embiid having one of the best – performances across the league and in Tyrese Maxey looking like a star last night and they're talking about Ben Simmons and him <laughs> and what happened in 2019 like yeah yeah I'll tell you what it is bro it's 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 a panic move because I really feel like Rich Paul like honestly two five doesn't really care I feel like Rich Paul's sitting there at the dinner meetings or, or wherever they're at just having you know dinner and he's saying to him like he's sweating he's sweating bullets he's like I want to get paid here all right. And you don't want to play basketball. You just have like this ego about you where you're not going to go back. So it's like, you know, we got to make, we, they want to get traded, but they also want to get paid without getting, you know, without doing anything. So it's like, I feel like they're sitting here like, let's just keep pushing these news stories out. Let's keep doing something because if they don't get moved, guess what, guys? Two five is not coming back. He's never coming back. So they're like, now we're going to be prepared to sit here an entire season. And honestly, you know, it's not like we're just going to send him wherever he wants to go, and he won't do a press like he won't do anything. So there's no. Don't you doubt. love that Philly did this? Like, don't you love that Philly was just like, nah, like we're not just going to trade you to a team. I love it because Anthony Davis yeah. did the exact same shit three years ago, two years ago, and they were like, okay, we'll send you to LA AD, and right. Philly was just like, nah, like you do what we <laughs> want you to do. AD, AD, go, AD was good enough. AD was good enough to get him a haul in return. Yeah, straight this up. This is like you're not good enough That's, to do this. We're not trading yeah. you for anything. And, you know, Philly, Philly's at a crossroads right now because this is like like when you look at the grand scheme of the NBA, if Ben Simmons wins this war battle, whatever the hell you want to call it between him and the Sixers, that changes the landscape completely to to the favor of the players. Like owners, well, I think it's already changed in Ben Simmons favor. I think yeah. it's already changed it. This is going to be something they talk about in the CBA because, dude, everyone loses in this situation. No one's happy with what's going on. Yeah, and, and the reason he hasn't, you know. Like the reasons nothing happened is is because at the end of the day we're not the Pelicans, we're not the Pistons, we're not the Cat. Like we're here trying to win a championship. We were probably, you know, a little more offensive production away from going to the conference finals and maybe going to the finals. We're not a rebuilding team, and you can't just, you know, step all over our necks. Um, and I, you know, I'm still trusting in Maury the next nine days, man. But we got to get into that. Duncan with the two dollars super chesses, he's the gift that keeps on giving. I think when we talk about what he's doing, being bad for the NBA, like we're kind of assuming that that's going to be the new normal. But when you really think about it, 99.9% of people would never give up $20 million for anything. Yeah, I think this is a super <laughs> rare, just borderline psychotic person. Like, seriously, I, I, I don't think you'll ever see this again, no matter what. Honestly, it's also right. insanity to do this like freshly signed contract. Like yeah. this could legitimately yeah. go on for four years, which is the with biggest a good difference. team. With yeah, with a good team. The best team. Player in the NBA. Yeah. That's why you oh, can't even God. compare like the AD situation. Like he wanted out of New Orleans because they, they couldn't win. They weren't putting things around him. Like they were the best player in the, in the NBA beside you. 
We yeah. went to two game sevens, man. We were right you there. You won two in the East last year. And, you know, I, I like remember like back in the summer, Ben was like, I just like, I want shooters around me. Like, I want a big man who shoots. And Pete's like, all right, let me shoot 40% from three. And he did. <laughs> let me just, you know, how I, how you, I, you, you, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, speaking on what DJ said, like, you know how I know there's something wrong is because all you had to do, even if you lied 100%, all you had to do was come up to that podium and just say, you know, I'm going to work on my game, I'm going to get better. Then don't ever show up again. Go back to your home and do whatever. He got kicked out of practice. And that's when I knew there was something wrong and he would never come back. All you had to do was like show, just just give us some kind of image. Like the last image we have of you is completely folding like a camper's tent. And we never saw you again, except when you were in your pool, you know, trolling us on Instagram. Like just come back for one press conference. He, He spoke to the team. That was reported. I oh, wish yeah. I could be in there. I wish I could never hear heard anything. I'm sure it was very short and just he probably read off a piece of paper. To be probably, honest. dude. Probably. Yeah, and and, and then, then like he, he could have came up to the podium and said like you know it was it was on me like I'm gonna work to get better, and then you know I'll work with the team like John Wall did for example like let me work with the team and, and try to get the best of both situations. There's something wrong with this dude. He doesn't. Dude. He can't face it, man. This, is, like, this is the new is the new soft world. I don't. Wanna, I'm gonna sound old here, but uh, you know. This whole anti saying mean things to anybody don't hurt anybody's feelings their whole life, and then this is what you get out of it. Somebody that was never told anything his whole life, and then he was handed this money, and it's just a disaster. We're raising maniacs. It's the only reason he went to LSU because it was family <laughs> that ran the team. He got exactly what he wanted. They didn't win. He didn't give a shit. Yeah, and then the Brett Brown connection too is kind of the same thing brought all the way up. And if you're just talking from like the logistics of Ben Simmons' situation, like if your end goal is I want to be traded from the Sixers, you simply just act like you're doing the normal thing. You show up, you go to practice, you do this, and this whole process would have been so much smoother. Honestly, he probably would have been out of here by now if we'd just gone about the steps. Like there's now this mark and putting the Sixers in the negative and everybody trying to leverage and it turned into this whole mind game all from him like – stemming from just the holdouts and the wanting to be traded like if he had just gone about his business and maybe not maybe he's still playing maybe maybe he who knows how it turns out but i just think if he doesn't act like the how he's acted throughout all this like the trade process would have been so much smoother and so much easier yeah and it's crazy more is fucking better and better it's crazy because everybody you know tried to push themselves into believing like all right this is the time he's going to come back all right, this is the time he's going to – like, he's not coming back. He just Yo, does the opposite of what you would expect right. to help your situation out. But um, because the not comment normal. says Benjamin Bynum. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> yeah, Benjamin. <laughs> it might even be worse. It might even be worse. Irish nothing's, hair, nothing, nothing's worse than Andrew Bynum's hair. That was – when I saw that, I was like, I don't even oh, I, I thought you meant his bowling accident. I was about to say, <laughs> I did see a video of uh, Ben Simmons bowling. That's that's the that's the only thing that's missing. Yeah, exactly. Kwame Brown was right. I agree with that. <laughs> Irish with the $5 Super Chess at this point wouldn't be addition by subtraction, even if we trade him for almost anyone with a pulse and willingness to shoot. Hashtag get him out of here. All right, let's get into the trade deadline stuff. Uh, this should be fun, man. I'm just going to let you guys go around one by one. I want to go last on this. And tell me where you guys think the team is at in terms of, like, a competing standpoint to this point in the season. And what do you think will happen at the deadline versus what will actually happen? This is, this is the point. We got to set it off. Uh, whoever wants to take it, man, go ahead. I'll go. Yeah, go ahead. Go. Go? 
I'll, let me take it. I'll be, I'll be short and sweet. Um, <laughs> I'm here for nothing. Me. Nothing's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to break it to everybody. Uh, I just think in the NBA in general, there's not going to be a lot of action. I think a lot of this like, smoke and mirrors. Um, however, I would love if the Sixers like had a, a Goran Dragic move. I think Dragic would make a lot of sense um, as a buyout option coming off the bench. It would be huge. Um, do we – yeah, I would love to trade Ben Simmons, guys. Yeah, I would love to go out and get dudes that are good at basketball and care about winning. But it's not going to happen. We're not going to move him. He can, doesn't expect to be traded. Compete, though? Can we compete as constructed then? Oh, God, man. Um, if we can genuinely build our bench with depth. Yeah. And if Tobias Harris can somewhat remember how to be consistent at playing basketball, maybe. Because Embiid is really – he's really that good. Like, like I said earlier, the Sixers are going to be a tough team to beat in any series, no matter what, because we have the best player in the world at a position where 95% of teams don't have a good player. Like, they just, it's just they don't. And it's a hard player to scheme against when he can pass out of a double team. So I think the Sixers, are they championship contenders right now? Probably not, right? Probably not. But I think if we can go out and get a backup point guard of Goran Dragic, maybe if we can go out and get some shot creators, even more than just spot-up shooting, if we can have a dude off the second unit who can go out and get a goddamn bucket, and be consistent with it and get a little bit more athletic to rebound better. At least we're a conference finals team, but nothing's going to happen. So forget I everything you. I said. But right, do we have, any, do we have any money to do any of that without moving? You can get the vet men though. Like, look at the nets. The nets are just living off the buyout market and they're like $2 billion in debt. It's because it's just buyout market. is a vet minimum, vet minimum dude. Sure. Get Goran Dragic who I hate, but would be perfect for this team. Yes. Fair. All right. Who wants the next? I'll go. I, I, I agree with Greg. I, I don't think the Ben Simmons trade is going to happen until uh, the offseason. But that doesn't mean I don't think, uh, you know, the Sixers aren't a few steps, you know, from actually maybe winning a, a series, maybe winning a series or two. I don't think they're championship contenders at all. But the three things I, I want to see from the Sixers, obviously, one, you got to squeeze as much offense as possible out of uh, the MB double teams. Uh, guys I like. Oh, you, you talk about Furkan Korkmaz. His struggles from threes. You talk about Danny Green. Uh, his reliability has not been there this year. Uh, Garrison Matthews is a really interesting name. Uh, I think you look at uh, you know one point three five points per possession, ninety six percentile uh, in spot up situations. That's what the the Sixers need to bring here: spot up guys uh, that can thrive uh, from three point range. Nicholas Batum is another guy who's uh, among the top in the league uh, at that. Number two, you got to look at guys that are more athletic. You got to get uh, you know this team has to get more athletic with the rest of the Eastern conference. Uh, the Sixers averaged just over 12 rebounds per game, uh, which is uh, no, sorry. They averaged 12.4 rebounds less per 36 than the top rebounding team in the NBA. Uh, so guys that are more athletic guys that can rebound the ball. Kendrick Williams is another name. Uh, I think that I would be all over and then shot creation. You nailed it. Uh, Greg, uh, Corey Joseph, Corey Joseph. I've been really high on that guy for a long time. That guy can be a bucket getter at times, 44% from three this year, uh, three and D wing. Um, I love all these kind of guys. Uh, another guy, uh, Justin Holiday, I think would be a really interesting name. Uh, th- are these guys enough to get us to a championship? Absolutely not. But it's time for Daryl Morey to put his imprint on this team. That's getting more athletic. That's getting shot creators. That's getting uh, some perimeter guys. Uh, and that is getting more spot up shooters uh, for Joel Embiid. Who wants yep. to go next? 
Uh, I can I can jump in next. So I'll start out with the the Sixers have more than exceeded my expectations so far this year. They've been far better than I expected. With that being said, I I think they're far from being championship contenders. I think winning around is still a little ambitious at this point. Maybe they get by one. Maybe they squeeze by two. It's very matchup based in my mind, especially with how tight the East is. They they very well could end up with a very tough matchup in the first round. That's tough to get out of. Uh, what I where my mind has switched this year. And what I would hope is just because of the level that Embiid's playing. I, I don't think we're an A-plus trade away from winning a championship. I think we're a pretty good mid-tier player away. So to me, that opens it up for if these things are on the table, they, the names like the Tyrese Halliburton. Like my, The ideal trade in my mind would be some sort of Tyrese Halliburton and John Collins kind of combo and make the pieces work. Something built around that where you add the athleticism fill the holes, just complete this team from that. I think that would be good enough to get us over the hump because simply Joel Embiid is that guy and he is that good. Now, what do I personally expect? I agree. I don't, I don't think Ben Simmons is going anywhere before the deadline's over. I think this drags on until summer. I do think there will be some sort of smaller movement. I would love to add a wing. I mean, some great names have already been tossed out. Eric Gordon's another one I like. DJ Augustine's another one I like. Goran Dragic makes a ton of sense. All these guys, they're, uh, they're very, like, marginal moves but th those do make the difference so if you can build these complementary pieces start to give us a fighting chance i'm all in on it i would love to see ben gone but i agree i don't think it's happening all right we got we got three more left but before that real quick seth with the five dollar super chest as dj says it all the time his dad was an ass <laughs> he's ass will never change in his mind he's better than everyone and can do no wrong hashtag trade him appreciate it seth love the take all right it's, it's up between you guys i'm going last on this man <laughs> I'll hop, in here. I'll hop in. Um, so, I'll hop in. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, as far as what I'm looking at, so so first off, the, the Sixers ain't trading Ben Simmons. And I, you know, I've I've had this feeling for probably over over two or three weeks now, um, you know, leading up to this show. So I, I definitely don't think he's moving. Um, they're not obviously getting the offers that they want to be clear on what I would have accepted for Ben Simmons, anything that was involved in Tyrese Halliburton. And I said this before that big 37 point game last week, everybody was starting to catch on once they finally got to watch him for themselves against the Sixers. But um, he's, he's exactly what I feel like the Sixers need. The facilitator, he shoots what close to 40% from three. Um, he's a, he's a six, five point guard. So he can play a little bit of wing. He brings length athleticism. Um, and then, of, of course, in that deal, you were obviously going to get a Buddy Hield or a Harrison Barnes to fill up that contract um, as far as the financials. So that would have been my ideal. Honestly, Tyrese Halliburton and like a Harrison Barnes um, from Sacramento, I would have sent it. Uh, add some draft comp, like a first round pick or two, and, and I would have sent it uh, with that one. But I do think, you know, Daryl Morey, as far as what he needs to do, I, I would hope that he does this at the deadline. Um, he, he definitely needs to add some bench depth that you guys have already mentioned. I'm not going to sit here and go through the names that you've already put out there. Um, although I will throw one out there, Terrence Ross. Um, I don't know if anybody said that yet. That's another guy. I'm looking for like a pack a punch score off the bench. That's that's what I'm uh -huh. looking for simply. And then another ball handler, a backup point guard, a Goran Dragic. That, that would be a nice piece. So there, there's some options that he's got. I, I'm not looking like do not do some George Hill shit this, this <laughs> deadline. Like I'm, I'm not for that. <laughs> Um, and you know, that's the other side of it is like some of these younger pieces, like I, I don't get me wrong. Like I, I like Paul Reed, like the hype around him, Charles Bassey, you know, the Isaiah Joes, even, even you could throw Corkmaz down there with those guys as well. Like 
if you can move those guys, move them for for pieces that can fill in the bench depth. Um, even Danny Green, like I, I get the leadership, whatever y'all want to you know say about his value. Get that get that money off the books if you can, right? Um, so that's the that's the type of stuff I'm looking at. Um, as far as the Sixers contending, I, I think it's matchup based. Like as long as they're not playing the Milwaukee Bucks, the Nets, or the Heat in the first round, I think they can win a first round series. Um, and then once you get out of the first round, you build that confidence. Maybe Maxi has a great series. Maybe Tobias has a great series, something like that. Then you get to the second round, you're feeling confident. You got the best player in the world on your squad. You have a chance, right? Like you, you might have a chance if Embiid is just on fire in that series. So it's all matchup based to me. I wouldn't call us a, a serious championship contender just yet, but not. I, I don't think we're a James Harden away. I think it's a little bit closer than that. Yeah, I agree with all the points you guys made, and and uh, I think we're all on the same page with that. Joel Embiid's so good right now that he needs a he needs a, a Chris Middleton. He needs a player that's a that's a fringe All Star that he can elevate to to All Star level. We we kind of thought that was Tobias Harris for a couple of years. I don't know if it is. I'm not going to go crazy about him having three good games, uh, you know, because he's going to come out and go two for 19 uh, tomorrow. I just I just know it or whenever we play next, but. Um, that's really what I think, and and as a trade deadline man, it's it sucks, but like it's it's not going to happen because he, he's asking for too much, and I, I think he should be more inclined to bring his price down, not just with Joel Embiid playing as good as he is, but with Tyrese Maxey stepping up the way that he stepped up last night, he Daryl should start to understand like we don't need a Damian Lillard, we just need to make this supporting cast better. You know, not terrible. I also think we're overreacting a little bit to last night's game. This team has looked absolutely atrocious parts of this season as far as the supporting cast, going down to the wire with the Kings, going down to the wire, getting beat by teams we shouldn't be getting beat by. When, when we play athletic teams that can run a zone and double and triple and beat real fast, we don't have enough good shooters. So I agree with everything you guys said. You need veteran shooters. You need a backup ball handler. You need to just you know tell cork Moss to stay at home uh tell danny green to stay at home there's just a lot of players on this team that i would rather have someone else yeah. uh and my my perfect ben simmons trade is dejounte murray uh off of the spurs i mean that dude's just a, a perfect facilitator and uh a little bit more experience he's 25 uh but the way that he runs a pick and roll and delivers the ball and, and finds his big man under the basket and stuff that that was so much fun to watch him when, when we played them so that's my pick, but sadly, I think uh, he's going to wait till the offseason to trade Ben Simmons. And uh, real quick to jump in, I think there's like legitimate reason for optimism when we talk about like getting a guy who will, whose game will be boosted next to Embiid. I mean, just think about Seth Curry. This is a guy that was like a, a fringe NBA player for a good part of his career and like at best kind of like a C-tier guard mm -hmm. who's been really excellent just next to Embiid offensively and the things he does, that if we get a guy with like a higher starting point, and the hopes that in the scheme next to Embiid with the attention that he draws, like I think there are plenty of guys that could take that leap. And we know that we know that DeJounte Murray will be sitting in the corner the second he's traded to Philadelphia, right? <laughs> in the dunker spot, probably. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I want to clarify because somebody in the chat said we won 15 out of the last 18 games. What the hell is this guy talking about? <laughs> no, seriously, we won 15 games because Joel Embiid is the MVP of the NBA right now, and he's dragging anybody you put on the court to a W, whether it's a one-point overtime win against the Kings or, or, or whatever it is. You're getting a W, but if you're watching every minute of every game, you can't really look at this supporting cast and say this is – uh, championship team. This is like the Eagles beating the last six teams in the regular season. I didn't give a damn. It was the Redskins' fourth string quarterback. I just didn't care that much. 
You know what I mean? So we won 15 of 18. You're right. But it's because of Joel Embiid, not because of, you know, that the supporting cast is that good. And I hate to be that guy, like, you know, in this 18 or, you know, the 18 game stretch where they've won 15 games, like they played the Spurs twice. You know, if you want to call them a middle of the pack team, I wouldn't even call them that. Like they've played the what the Houston Rockets twice in that span. They played the Kings twice in that span, literally the worst team in the NBA. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I'm not yeah. trying to be the, the Debbie Downer because it, it obviously it was a huge win last night. But then you throw in some of those losses, right, where it just creates major concerns, like the game against the Hornets where they lost, that was concerning. Like, that's a team they could face in the playoffs. That's an athletic young team with a, a superstar that's budding in LaMelo Ball. Like, that's concerning. The L.A. Clippers blowing a 24-point lead, that is concerning when they don't have Kawhi Leonard or Paul George and you're at home. So, you know, there, there's concerns with this team. And, you know, I was on my high horse earlier. I had to kind of bring my bring myself down, bring myself back. So I'm um, not trying to Debbie down, but just trying to be realistic. I'm, I know you're realistic because, like, for my expectations coming into this year, I didn't think they would be that good. Uh, I, I saw them taking a step back. And to, to their credit, they have played very well against good teams. So I just want to throw that out there as well. All right, I, real oh, quick, yeah. though, what are your guys' thoughts on, like, a – like a Tobias Harris, Spencer Dinwiddie type of situation. <laughs> like I don't. Like, I like the idea. I think Dinwiddie fit wise, like I like it. I I don't think Dinwiddie's like that great. Like I think he like I like the idea as far as shifting the identity of the team. I don't think Dinwiddie's like the guy that makes me leap at it. But yeah, uh, I definitely agree. something I would like at least entertain. I don't think it's a if. The Ben thing is for sure waiting till the off season. I like the idea of moving Tobias more and more in, in the way that like I think he could succeed as a, a third tier role. If we're trying to fully change his identity and I guess we're not really going for it this year if we're waiting for like a Ben Simmons trade, like to me it's kind of like a let's give us a fighting chance. Let's try something new. Yeah. All right, it's, it's my turn. I got I got I gotta finish it off because um Man, I'm disappointed in all you guys. <laughs> I just five five like, in a row said what you didn't want to hear. Like 12 <laughs> and like, man, you guys are all wrong, man. We are. So let me tell you what's going to happen, all right? First and foremost, all right, I'm, I'm really disappointed, man, because somebody's got to be the hero here, all right? And the hero is Daryl Morey. Daryl Morey is a fan of basketball. He's not a business man who just doesn't you know get down to the level like he understands the game and he sat here all season the guy that he has touted since he stepped into our facility Joel Embiid Joel Embiid he sees the greatness of this man and we can look I get there's definitely fair points but we're gonna say here talk about 15 to 18 guess what a lot of teams go through tough stretches in an NBA season it is the regular season by any means and we you all just talked about how great Joel was right and, and Daryl Morey sees that and let's talk about something. All right. Last year, we got to the second round. We got to game seven. You know who was coming off the bench for this team? The same guys that are here now that we want out of here. A lot of the same ones. With, and ex with the exception of, you know, Dwight Howard's not here. And, you know, somebody's got like Shake Milton's hurt right now. But like, come on, man. This team is not far off. I've said it for weeks now. We are a quality starter. 20 to 25 points per game and two quality bench pieces away from contending this season why because the east who do you look at right now in the east and say damn that team there is no beating that team there is none there is none right now in my opinion and here's what's going to happen the la clippers are going to sell at the deadline right 
Here's what's going to happen. Luke Kennard's going to end up as a sixer or Reggie Jackson. We'll and it. the other guy's going to be Marcus Morris. And we're going to get another dog in here for this team on the bench. And somehow, some way, I know it's been very quiet on a deadline. Don't, don't you think that's weird? There hasn't been any trade talks. I think it's going to heat up a couple days before. And I think if the right move is there, Daryl brings somebody in a quality score. Maybe it doesn't work. I'm not saying we're the favorite by any means, but this team can absolutely contend. And I'm tired of people disrespecting this team so much because you look at this team, they're <laughs> learning how to win, man. And we man, have just, a $30 million hole in the roster. It's crazy. Uh-huh. And Daryl's going to get the job done. Trust in Maury. This can't go to the offseason. It can't because this guy is a psychotic man. He's not coming back. And the value is not going to go up. All right, but but I think we're all kind of agreeing. Or... Yeah, I think we're all kind of agreeing with you that if we trade Ben Simmons for the right players, this team can contend. Yeah, correct. But, but you we're, we're, going to, we're down on this team right to... now because we don't believe that's going to happen. When you're saying right. we're a 25 and... point per game score away, that's a that's a Jalen Brown. That's an all star. That's what right. I'm trying to say. Like you're yeah. like we're not far away. We're only a 20 to 25 point score Even... and two bench pieces. But, that's but a here's lot of fair. But here's what I'm. Here's what I'm saying. It's going to happen because you can't, if we don't make a trade now, you are wasting the rest of this magnificent season from Joel and B. And this team has shown glimpses where it's like, all right, these teams, this team plays up to competition against some of these tougher teams. I think sadly for us, Daryl Morey is obsessed with big names. He he brought Chris Paul into Houston. Then he brought Russell Westbrook into Houston. And and I just don't, he, he said it on the radio. He called the Kings a bunch of random players. He said, (laughs) everybody wants me to trade for a bunch of random players just to make everyone happy. He doesn't even know players that aren't named James Harden and and Damian Lillard. So I don't have any faith in it at this point. Let me ask you and then DJ, what, which trade deadline in the last seven years, 10 years, doesn't even matter. Have there been no big names traded? Like, what? Which deadline has it been where there's just it's just quiet like this, and there's nothing happening? But look, look at the parody this year. Who who's the favorite? The the parody was the same last year. Then Kyle Lowry started coming up, and five minutes before the deadline, he's off to Miami. That's true. That's true. I mean, but is Kyle Lowry like a big name? I get your point, but he has not really. Had oh, we team. we almost traded for him. I'm actually glad we didn't. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> no, but um, he wants fifty million a year or something. I'm not saying I'm not saying like Dame's going to become available or anything. I just think Daryl has to do something. Like if I agree. Us and I mean, you're going to get Sixers fans that may honestly riot or maybe like honestly <laughs> thinking about like protesting the team at this point. Like we really? are, no. <laughs> I, think, I think we can gather about 300 people at least to go down Broad Street. Uh, I'm in. I think more than that. I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. I want him out. Don't get me wrong. I wanted him gone. Like yeah. I, you know, I'm I'm curious what the packages from Sacramento look like. Like no, I'm, no. I'm curious what any of the packages offered look like mm-hmm. because I'm I'm with you, DJ. I, I think that Maury, his value on Ben is like <laughs> like out of this world. But I, I could be totally wrong. It's hard to but, say but without do, knowing what do the you offer guys are. think. There's any chance that he is kind of like pitching it as high as he can and might come down and settle. Before that, yes, there's a yeah, chance that I agree with that. I agree. I'm 100 with you. I love Daryl Morey. I'm glad that we have him as our president because I, no one else, I'd rather have run my team than Daryl Morey. Like I, yeah. I believe that he gets what he wants, and like sometimes you just got to be patient. And yeah. I low key maybe Bradley Beal. You know, his he's had a bad year, like a really bad year. Does Washington want to pay him like player one money like, i don't think bradley beal is a, a number one guy on a winning team he's not look at look at the wizards he's just not 
he's a player too on a winning team. Sure, I'll throw him a max contract. We've given way worse players max contracts. <laughs> Why not make a Bradley Beal? He's only 28 years old. His offensive game with Embiid would be elite. And if we can still somehow hold on to Matisse and we have Embiid, our defense isn't going to take such huge a hit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I see people in the chat obviously coming at me. I get it. And I, by mistake, I said, Larry, I'm who was it? Oladipo at the deadline? Oladipo, yeah. Yeah. My point is that there were a lot of trade talks heating up at the deadline. And we saw moves coming in late. Now, maybe it doesn't happen. Maybe it doesn't happen. But I just I just think if you don't make any moves, like you're just essentially wasting the season. And I I really don't want to see that happen. man. I, I think that Joel's playing at an insane level. And I don't think this team is like as far off as everybody thinks they are. Dude, I think I think Terrell Morris, if if he's trying to hold off and and ask for too much in this like you know uh, knowing teams aren't going to say yes to the offers he's making just to try to hold his value high, I think he's playing with fire because the more articles come out like came out today, the more like teams shouldn't want him around their organization not just on his deficiencies on the court. It's this personality issue yeah. thing Rich that. Paul is getting worse and worse and worse. And teams are starting to be like, this guy, does this guy even want to play basketball? I'm not giving a second round pick for him. Like I'm not, I'm not going to comment on, you know, Ben Simmons and his mental issues, but if I'm an owner or a GM and I see mental issues in the article with Ben Simmons, I'm not trading for him. He's throwing, whether he's throwing it around loosely or whatever the case may be, I'm not trading for him. That's a good point too. Like we want basketball players. Like if you have mental issues like that, you know, we're, we're sorry, but we're in the NBA business here. Yeah. Some I was teams like, are really desperate thinking, that was my line of thinking with the whole Brooklyn thing and James Harden. James Harden wants to come to Philly. You get, and you know, you, you get James Harden to Philly, you trade Ben for peanuts. Nobody cares. Cause you got James Harden. If they can even work that out. Yeah. Some teams are like the NBA is desperate and believe it or not, like I know how bad the Sixers have been ran for the last like 150 years, but other teams are equally bad in the front office. Like there are teams that will desperately make a move for a Ben Simmons, like regardless what the hell they're thinking. Cause Lord knows they don't watch basketball, but like there's going to be a team out there that's (laughs) like, Hey, like if the Kings are like genuinely believing that they're going to throw Halliburton to Harrison Barnes in for a deal, they don't understand basketball because if anybody and all of us can tell you we would rather have Halliburton than Ben Simmons like it, yeah. it it's very simple and Washington is going to be desperate because I don't think they want to pay Bradley Beal 220 million dollars nope and let me yeah. tell you something the Kings just keep on losing they lost to the Knicks yesterday like they just so don't bad, stop losing. like I just don't see how that franchise does it like it doesn't it's even so bad be dude. Spot, yeah. man. it could be like a three-team deal I don't know, man. I got to trust in Maury until it doesn't happen because I've been with him the whole time. And if we go through the deadline and it doesn't happen, then I'm going to have some strong criticism uh, for Maury. And Seth says, dude's crazy. DJ and Beats carried us to the dubs we've had. We have guys like Dorkmaz and Danny on this team. We have more holes than Swiss cheese. There you go. And we got they're just uh, inconsistent. You know, when they have a game like last night, it's like, yeah, this team's great. But like, th- right. they're. They're going to have another game where Korkmaz is, is back on the court 0 for 11, and you know Isaiah Joe has zero minutes, and Danny Green's 0 for 7, and they're going to have another game like that. Yeah, yeah. like you you think back to the game, like everything almost went right. Like you you said it earlier, like Joe had two four point plays. <laughs> like when <laughs> yeah. does that happen? Like the only thing that wasn't going last night was Seth Curry, which he's been yeah. down for the oh. last couple games. He had a good fourth quarter. He had a good fourth quarter. He, yeah, you're you're right. You're right. I should get <laughs> yeah, he, he was right. off the rest of the game. It didn't have to go to overtime. Dude. The <laughs> fact that they beat 
The fact that they beat the Memphis Grizzlies with what Seth Curry at 0 and 7, 0, yeah, 0 for 8 to start that game was obnoxious. I have no idea how that happened. Absolutely <laughs> no. Shout out to King Demon with the two dollar donation. Says we will just trade for a facilitator and rock out. Hugh Sims with the five dollar donation. Feel like a three team along the lines of Simmons to sack, be able to Philly and Fox to Washington. I have a feeling more names are going to come up by next week. I at least hope so. I, I also will say Ben Simmons would be a top five Sacramento King of all time, which is crazy to say, but I mean, <laughs> this is a, we're talking about, yeah, we're talking about a franchise that hasn't had a winning record in 15 years. And like, if you're just looking to like remotely put your team on the map, I absolutely could see them talking themselves into Ben Simmons just for regular season success only. What Take about like uh OKC SGA? No, absolutely. I, love that. Yeah. I mean, sign me the fuck up right now. I would love it. Yeah. Like, why would OKC do that? OKC doesn't even think Shea fits their timeline. He's like 15 years old. Dude. What makes you think they're going to trade for Ben Sam Simmons? Presti will right. him for four picks, bro. Sam Presti will turn him into three to four picks because that that man's out here snagging 2028 20, second rounders. He's 22. Like, I can see Sacramento where I want to send him, so he's unhappy. I want, I want him to be <laughs> where he's unhappy. Dude, uh-huh. I can, send him to Toronto, the furthest thing from a beach. Send him to Toronto. <laughs> I can also see San Antonio doing it. I can see San Antonio doing it because Greg Popovich pulls the strings down there, and that guy doesn't even know that there's a three-point line in the NBA still. So he like he loves Ben Simmons. He's said it before. He loves Ben Simmons. What, what more perfect way than, than you know old-school Greg Popovich? Send him there. I just got I that connection know. with Doc. <laughs> yeah, it's like the same they coach. Both? They're like the same coach, so <laughs> yeah. One A, one B, one A, one B, definitely. Oh, Avi with the two dollar donation says, "Would sack trade Tyrese age for Ben straight up?" Uh, no, I, that's no. not anything that's physically possible right now, no. which is unfortunate. Um, but let me ask you guys this then: since you guys are so confident that this goes to the deadline, when does it get resolved? Then are we are you going to wait here four years? Two thousand thirty-two. That's why I said he's playing with fire, man. Yep. The more these articles come out, the more nobody wants him around. My we signed Ben. Out. We signed Everybody's... Ben to a max extension again, and then trade him in 2032. <laughs> Honestly, if he makes it through the entire season, like I don't understand this notion where it's like, oh, his like there's just going to be so many teams willing to get him in the off season. Well, right. why didn't they get him last off season? Why right. didn't they get him now? When last off season we said, oh, the trade deadline is going to be filled buzzing rumors around. Here we are. Like, I'm just – you got to get this guy out of here. And what I saw a great point in the chat. Like, Joel Embiid's got to be frustrated if nothing happens here at the deadline. That's number one. This Yo, dude is honestly, all on the line every single night. Like, he is – he's achieved great – he's achieved a le, another tier of greatness. And then you're just going to waste the rest of this season, man. I'm t- Something's got to happen, man. Disagree, right, dude, because I think Maury is so close with Embiid. Yeah. He doesn't – he's not going to do anything Embiid doesn't want. So I'm sure he's had conversations like, yo, you think you can do this? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I can do it by myself. And I, I honestly think that is going into it. If there's not a move to be made, it's not going to surprise Joel Embiid. Like, I That's think the number one – that is 100% the number one story of this entire NBA trade deadline. It's Embiid being on the same page with the Philadelphia 76ers. Make no mistake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I I don't I think Embiid's very involved in this whole thought process, just commu- communication and everything. And you see him being very vocal, like he's made multiple comments post game about like how we have everything we need, and this team is. And I, I think a lot of that is just leadership and lifting these guys up and showing his belief in them and elevating their game with that. But I do think there's an aspect of it that's real. Like I think there's a part of Joel that's kind of like a this is my time to shine. Like 
we have been kind of out of my spotlight. Like if he doesn't want to be here, that's fine. I can do this on my own, which more than respect to him for that. And I just love the guy. So I'm happy he's on the same page. Because what what better way to shit on Ben Simmons than win a championship with him taking up a roster spot on your your bench? (laughs) You give him a ring? Does he get no, a ring? Hell <laughs> no, that goes to the arbitration too. Be like, nah, the ring has mental health problems. We'll yeah, go to court for that. that. I, I got the ring to pay his fine. I'm, I'm a huge movie nerd. There is a part of me that, like, you know, uh, we'll go to bed tonight and I dream of, you know, we're in March and all of a sudden you get that alert on your phone. Ben Simmons will play the remainder of the season with the Philadelphia 76ers. And the, the, the Sixers just go 4 4 4 and just wipe out the entire NBA playoffs and win a championship. And everything is good, right? I, I, I disagree with y'all, man, because Joel Embiid, right? Or this is pretty much Daryl Morey going up to Joel and saying, do you want to sit here for the rest of the season with a big hole in the roster or or get some help, man? Like, Joel can't be that much where he's like, all right, yeah, let's go win it with a $30 million hole in the roster. Like, <laughs> give this guy some help. And And the thing is, everybody wants to talk about banking on James Harden. That is a long shot by a mile, okay? And even if you... People say, if you mess up this trade, well, the entire future is done. Well, the, the entire future is not done until Joel Embiid's not here, Tyrese Maxey. I would believe in Daryl Moore to at least be able to kind of retool something, right? Like, yeah. it, I mean, you want to talk about moving contracts. It, you're not going to move Tobias Harris at the deadline. So the offseason would be much better to do that. And I think I just think you got to – I think Daryl has to have this honest conversation with Joel. Joel hates – Two five. He hates him. He keeps has, throwing yeah. criminals at him. Always has. Oh, he does. Joel. Joel believes in himself. And I know last year was an anomaly, right? But look at the <laughs> last four teams in the conference finals: the Hawks, the Bucks, the Suns. Get some shooters around Joel. Let's go full force into this and try to do something, man. Let's be that underdog team. I'm perfectly fine with it. I think yeah. Joel's happy too because he can look at players and criticize them and be like, "Yo, shoot mm-hmm. the ball. Yo, yeah. like do it's this, do that." Works. Like he it was works. never allowed to say anything negative about Ben Simmons. You, nobody was, and that's why we're here right now. But yeah, I just you know, it's so yeah. funny you bring that up because it's like subliminal shots every time he calls out like Maxi or or Matisse mm-hmm. in a press conference. Like that's why they laugh about it. I feel like it's like an inside joke. <laughs> He yeah. does it in like a positive way too. That like he, right. he like makes the joke about it and then like ends on like a. But he's been improving on this. All that is doing. But Max he's the franchise. Yeah, like he does it. He he lifts them up at the end of everything. And dude, also I just cannot wait for once this is all said and done. Once Ben's playing for some other team, the first time that Embiid and Simmons match up is going to be like the greatest day in Philadelphia. Oh man, that's a good one. That's a Joe good one. Never never come to Philly. That's Joe a good happen. He's not gonna play in Philly. He yeah. I, I I swear he would sit out a, a game in Philly. If he sit out a whole season, he'll sit out one game on the road. <laughs> Isn't it interesting how like you know Joel Embiid has been playing like big brother to Matisse and Tyrese and uh just being that like vocal leader, like overly yeah. vocal leader for this team? Yeah. You know, he's carrying <laughs> this team top to bottom, and you have Benson is just you know, who's supposed to be like one B. Probably in California playing Call of Duty. So you know what? I, I'm a KD's getting guy. up though. That KD's on a up. burner account too. On a burner. Account. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I'm a thirsty guy, <laughs> you guys. And it might be a hot take, but screw it. I see everybody hating in the chat. Hey, it's it's my takes, my opinions. I gotta rock with the team till they give me no hope. That's how. That's what we do in Philly, man. But um, you know what? I, the roster isn't even my biggest concern. My biggest concern heading into the playoffs is Doc Rivers, <laughs> and <laughs> I think. 
I think the biggest change if you know we go first, second round, like if Doc doesn't get it done, get rid of him. I think that's my biggest concern. I'm worried about going into a second round no and question. blowing another two to three leads in a series. I think that's a good point. That's a that's a great point, I should say, because that that's the thing I was going to say earlier is like if we could just start using Maxi the way we were supposed to, may, you know, you never know what can happen when you have a guard that can create off the dribble and score. Like if we would just use him correctly, but I can't count on Doc. So like, I guess the equation that I'm formulating in my head is winning despite of. So winning despite of Doc Rivers this is the talent level that it would take for him to win with, right? Like, <laughs> for Hall saw, of Famers. <laughs> what I saw last night, I think Doc Rivers might be slowly turning a leaf, though. You know what I mean? Because there was points of that game where Hopefully. it was th there was no maxi ball, and it was ISO Tobias, and we were like, oh, here we go again. And then, you know, he'd call a timeout, and suddenly the next, the next uh, you know, possession was a Tyrese maxi pick and roll, and it was like, maybe he's finally like, Tobias, listen, bro, you're, you're, you're number two right now. <laughs> Feed off of Maxi. Maxi's the man. I don't. I don't know if that's true or I mean, not. How, maybe. How is Sam Cassell so watching? Like standing by watching? Exactly. I think. I think Sam Cassell is like one of the biggest reasons to Ty Tyrese Maxi's development. I have been yeah. on board for him being the head coach for so long now because I think he is so important to why Maxi is a stud. I really do. I think Ca Castle yeah. is a Cassell is a great dude. Like legit. Yeah. Yeah, he it's played so basketball in like the 21st century. And he looks like an alien. <laughs> like, what, what else is funny? Dude, that guy was a baller back in the day, man. He that was, guy was stone cold. Uh, but Rivers was a point that. guard in 1940. <laughs> I'm over it. <laughs> Doc Rivers doesn't, you know, hold himself accountable. He doesn't hold anybody accountable. The guy just throws his arms up on the bench and then gets technical fouls when it's the worst timing imaginable. It's funny you said that, Scotty. Like, you think about coaches you win because of. You win with and in spite of. I fully agree, man. That Doc Rivers is a coach you win in spite of, especially these last like uh, this stretch of games here. You know, being carried by you know Joel Embiid here. That that's a really interesting point for me, Doc. Uh, this it's the way they play. It's the way they play. It's everything we have learned about Tyrese Maxey. You even go back to last year. You look at Tyrese Maxey's per thirty six number per thirty six minutes numbers. They're basically the same thing, uh, although his shooting has been really good. They're basically the same. Like, so it's been a significant amount of data supporting Tyrese Maxey should have the ball in his hands. But what do we see? It's the Seth and Joel Embiid two-man game. It's running the ball through Tobias. It's running the ball through Seth or just throwing the ball back to Tobias with like five seconds remaining. The offense, the way they play is so hard to watch. And I agree, like the comments are, well, you know, Tyrese Maxey has grown leaps and bounds as a, as a shooter in the catch and shoot. I fully agree with that, but you just have to like, if the point of this season is growth and getting uh, Tyrese Maxey and Joel Embiid on the same page in the pick and roll, getting Tyrese Maxey comfortable with the ball in his hands, what are we doing? I, I just, Doc is not the right coach for this team. If I see Korkmaz play backup point guard one more time. Yes, thank you. I forgot about that one, too. I don't, I don't care Korkmaz. if he played backup point guard when he was 17 in Turkey, Doc Rivers. The guy can't dribble. He dribbles like this. We're, we're going to get a backup point guard at the deadline. We yeah. definitely he, he, Korkmaz yeah. runs like he has cement in his shoes. He's what about Danny, like, though? He see the way Danny runs. Yeah, he has to have a size 21 shoe. He has to. Pause. It's crazy, man. Duncan with the $2 Super Chats is, is trading him to a European team possible. I don't think so. Um, <laughs> um, Sam hey, Pessy would take their first rounders. Exactly, man. It'd be a <laughs> <team swap. laughs> 
Seth with the two dollar donation says Ben will be hurt for the game. He comes to Philly. Oh no! Yeah, one hundred. Yeah, he'll miss the flight or something like that. You um, would have to pay. Like you can't even pay Ben Simmons to go to fucking a playground, right, <laughs> Scotty? Like, what do you? How much do you, money do would you have to pay uh, Ben Simmons to go and play in Philadelphia? Like. $50 million for one I game. I hope the PA announcer still announces his name, though. I hope they still say, and on the bench, not playing, Ben Simmons. <laughs> with, with my, you yeah, get like what, Michael Buffer like opening the game. Like, <laughs> all we'll those Let's get ready to – like it would just be like the event of the year, no question. <laughs> exactly. Shout out to Seth with another $2 donation. says, Beal has been my guy from the jump. Dude is the answer. Beal makes us a championship contender today. For sure. Yeah, um, I agree. And he's the perfect fit. And who knows, he, now he has like a – a wrist injury leading up to the deadline. Hey, I'm telling you. I'm telling you man. <laughs> what would you have to give up, though? I don't know. I love, actually, the fact that he's been bad this year is good for that because yeah, it used huge. to be like a James Harden package. You know, I don't think you'd have to throw in Maxi. I think you could probably put in like, like maybe Matisse, Ben, Listen, and like an Isaiah Joe. If you know, I'm the Wizards, a couple, couple I am first. Taking, yeah. If I'm the Wizards, right? The Wizards are going to Wizards no matter what. But I'm taking two five because, like Greg said earlier, like Bradley Beal, like there's no reason they should want to repay him. They've tried it now with what, like three to four different cores. It's not going to work. And he can leave. He can sign a big boy contract. Dinwiddie might be on the outs. They should want to get rid of him. And why not bring in two five and surround him with dudes like Kuzma and you know other guys like that that can just be role players for now and see what happens. Like the Wizards are. They need to turn turn the page, man. And I, I like how you're trying to talk like into like getting Ben Simmons after like an hour and twenty minutes of us like it's never gonna work with Ben Simmons. What about the, no matter who you have next to him. What about yeah, this the is what we do? This is what we do every day now. We we talk about why you should want him and why nobody should want him. Look, I I if my if by the end of this stream I get one of y'all to turn to the good side, man, that's all I'm here for, bro. I'm that's yeah, all right. I'm here for. Like I'm I'm taking a lot of smoke right now. And shout out to Avi. With the two dollar donation, I agree 100% near zero percent chance without a trade. Right, there was on the radio three weeks before the trade deadline, openly talking like he was like a my GM 2K player. Like, <laughs> he, he absolutely can feel the frustration right now. And, like, how are you going to sell tickets to the second half of the season? I wouldn't go to the games if nothing happens. You're literally saying, okay, we're going to lose the rest of the season and try to make something happen. I mean, the one thing I will say is I think there's a little bit too much made about like the window to win. And I get the I get the Embiid injuries and I get that it can change so rapidly. But at the end of the day, you just can't live with the mindset of like this guy could drop any day. Like he's 27 years old. And I think there really is like a world where we can win a championship with Joel Embiid, like not having to be like a 30 point per game score. Like I think think about a Joel who scores like 20 dominates on the boards plays great defense and has like a legitimate score next to him like a little usage rate off him that's still like a legit championship contending team and like like if this is him being his like my mvp year where i'm doing it all i'm carrying this team i still think like a legit championship contender is right there with a little bit of load thrown off him and him being able to just like lock down defensively lock down on the boards and do the little things like a little better rather than just being like the offensive powerhouse and the defensive anchor yeah and i think there's plays defensively that he completely takes off in like yeah, the first half of games because he's trying yeah. to he's trying to like load manage himself during the game and then people mm -hmm. are like, how can you call him this how can you call him that 
Go ahead. Anybody concerned about that? Like, like especially come playoff time when like there's so much weight is going to be on. No. Anybody worry about that? I think I worry about that. Honestly, I really believe that Joel Embiid's biggest improvement, why he's being so dominant, is because his conditioning and his off-season regimen is not eating McDonald's burgers before the game. I think he genuinely, <laughs> I think he's genuinely hit the point of maturation where he's like, dude, this isn't about basketball. What's going to make me better at basketball? I think his conditioning and his programming and his work ethic is like huge. And I, I honestly, I don't see him as somebody who's just going to like break a bone instantly. This guy falls just as much as he did last year, and you don't like you don't see up. him really get hurt. Knock on everything wood in my room, but that's like, true. You know, what I, mean, I, mean? I, like, I, I add to that. I though. believe I think he's in the best shape of his life, and I think he understands. He, you, dude, he's aware that he is like of like a, just a guy who breaks his body. He's an old man in a, a a kid's body, but I think he's put in so much work to to help combat that that I see yeah, the window yeah. longer than I originally did. Me too. The hyperextension like injuries have definitely those rate have like dropped. Remember, like you, yeah. it would like fall awkwardly, uh, you know, on a dunk or in and transition. Markel Fultz elbows to the face. Dude. Happening. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people talk about how much he falls down, but I really think there's a training process on how to not get injured with him. Like I think they yeah. practice it regularly. Like this is how you fall. If you're leaning 100%. this way, don't plant your foot over here. Just fall down. Yeah, yeah. I really he think also he's learning how to 100%. not get injured. He also doesn't go 100% at every single play anymore. Like he he's learning throughout the game when to when to just go full throttle and when to take a like dial it yeah. down. There's Don't a reason why Robin dominating. Lopez. You, like yeah. Yeah, and especially on blocks. Like there were some times where he would just like jump out of the gym for like a second quarter block that it's like like dog just <laughs> no think reason. a little bit here. Just think a little no bit. No reason, here. yeah. He, I think and, he's and very aware of that. To touch on the conditioning point, just think about him running the fast break this year. Like, we've never seen that ever with him. And it's an every night basis that we see him getting up and down the court, being in the, the pushing the break. Point guard Joel is a thing of him setting should up. Be higher. We offense. should be doing it more. Yeah, it, it's crazy. And that's a testament to him for putting the work in. Joel, he's, I feel like him and he's kind of set the tone for the team. But like, this whole team is inspired by the 2 5 drama. Like, it just is what it is. Like, that's why another reason I believe in his team because they are hungry and Joel wants to prove everybody wrong, man. Like he feels dis disrespected inside. So he's worked on his conditioning, his game. Like you just said, I mean, he, this guy's throwing crazy behind the back passes. He's bringing the ball down the floor. There's nothing he can't do. And honestly, he's trying to show the world like, fine, you know, you don't want to play with me. Every star should be lining up to play with this guy. And, he's, and the fact that Ben is crazy. He's trying to make it to the point where it's like, who can who who can deny that? Who can deny the chance to play alongside a great like Joel? And you need, you need a guy that like wants the ball in his hands. Like that's that's it, right? Because I mean, you're 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 coming into an offense that's what is Joel Embiid's usage rate? Is like forty plus percent. It's absolutely astronomical. The ball goes into Joel Embiid, and that's it. Um, so you got to have to you have to bring in a guy that mentally says, "I want the ball in my hands," and you have to ha also have that respect with Joel Embiid. I think uh, it's Tyrese. I think James Tyrese Harden. is that guy. He I is. is that, I don't think we need James Harden. I think James Harden is an aging 33-year-old fat Santa Claus who is only <laughs> getting worse, that does not play any defense, and that wants the ball and wants to just hang out at strip clubs. And as much as the kid loves a good strip club, there's more than that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't – I don't think James Harden's the move. He's only going to get worse. He's not going to age like Chris Paul. Cool, he can get his assist his, his assists up, but he's never going to play a full season. He's probably going to be more unhealthy than Joel Embiid, and that says a lot. If anything, you go out and you get 
Bradley Beal or you can go get DeJounte Murray or you go get packages with Halliburton. Like, I don't think Bradley uh, – James Harden's the move and Daryl Morey just loves that man where I think if we if – we, if Ben Simmons goes into the offseason, I think Daryl Morey is 100% sold on the idea that we are going to get Harden. You got yeah. you to also – I've been saying that for, for months, for yeah. months. You got to look at the fact, though, that like like you could just say with the way Joel plays, like the, the offense is centered focused – on Joel and B. Like it's solely on Joel. So if you bring a guy in a guy in that has to get 30 touches a game, like it's not gonna really correlate right away. Like some something has to give. And that's why I am perfectly fine with a 20, another 20 point per guy game in a shooter. Yeah. Like yeah, just, just it doesn't need to be hardened. It does not need to be hard. Right. Everyone yeah, needs it. doesn't need to be hardened. He got to hit and shots in the playoffs. That's all. If, if this let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Maxie for James Harden, I'm gonna lose my goddamn mind. I swear to God, I'm gonna lose it. It's not happening. I don't. Think Let me ask you this: If if Tobias Harris was on another team, <laughs> would you trade Ben Simmons for Tobias Harris? Yeah, I. Uh, first of all, I think Daryl Morey must hate Tobias Harris. Like when you think about what Daryl Morey looks for in a basketball player. It's everything Tobias isn't when you think about So if I'm ranking guys on this roster right now, I'm probably going like Danny Green, number one, most likely to get traded. Uh, Tobias Harris, number two, and Ben Simmons, number three, just as far as like general packages. So I don't think Tobias is a guy that Maury is in on very much at all. Absolutely. I know, when you point. look at a salary cap and your you know your job is to manage the money at the same time, because <laughs> it's it's insane. You know what I mean? If he was be, if he was on a contract that fit his level of play a little more it'd be you, easier to uh, do it. Yeah, the the the, the hesitating three point shot, man. I just can't I just can't. I, I can't I can't I'm gonna I'm throw something at y'all. First off, Roddy Poo with the five dollar donation says can we stop trying to include Matisse and trades we may where we may get back plus offensive players but negative defenders. Danny Green is not <laughs> Got we hey I love I love Thibault too. He's got he's definitely gonna have to keep on shooting the rock though. I mean he's gotta keep getting better. I agree. Who knows about Danny Green might get traded? Who I have no clue about Danny Green. I really don't. I don't I'll, I'll, I'll say it. I'll say it. Put Danny Green in the starting lineup, put Tyrese Maxey off the bench. Stop, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. Danny's gotta play the two if he's in the Danny start. Green's Danny, Danny Green's he's awful. I would move I would move Curry to the bench though. I would I would I'll move say. Seth to the six man. Because that's what he has thrived in. Thinking about starting Danny Green. Does anybody watch a Sixers game? That guy is fucking. Horrible. I watch every game, bro. He just, made one three in the fourth quarter yesterday. And we're like, hey, the dude is shooting eight of sixteen from three point range ever since he's returned. I'm I'm saying I wouldn't. Move to the bench. I he can <laughs> knock down. He can he can knock down shots, but man, if if the clock's running down and he has to dribble, it's just. But no, that's not his role. Really. I understand that. I understand that. But Matisse Thibault is that same player. Matisse Thibault is the same player. But at least Matisse Thibault, you get him some more minutes with, Ty with Tyrese. You get him in transition more. You put Tyrese Maxey in position to succeed. I like starting Matisse over Danny Green just in general. I've said that from the beginning of the season. Like, whatever. Dude, I'll take Miss Matisse Thibault three over Danny Green getting burnt on offense or defense every single session. Remember the Trey Young game last year? And Doc Rivers was like, "Hey, let's put the forty-five-year-old Danny Green on Trey Young. That's going to work." <laughs> Should have never. Trey Young dropped like Danny, never idea. Danny Green he went around the, him like he was standing still every position. He, you know, he basically Not a was. Danny Green is the most is the biggest enigma on this Sixers yeah. ball. He really is. Like stat-wise, he's terrific. I mean, like when he plays with Joel Embiid, when he plays uh, with Seth Curry, when he plays with Matisse, like numbers-wise, it's absolutely astronomical. 
Um, but on the eye test, I fully agree, man. It looks like he crapped his pants and he's running down the court. That's <laughs> what it looks like. I'm not going to dispute that. But I think Danny gets an unfair rap. I, I think Curry would be good off the bench. Just my take because I feel like he's been in a lot of roles before where he's been a six man. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, th- I think Curry needs because if Curry's in a starting lineup, he he can't, you know, get five touches in the first quarter and then not get one until the fourth quarter. I hate right. that so much. And we, we just go away from him and it's frustrating. But I also think that's on Seth, though. Like, I don't I think Seth, like, he just, he's just not like a he's, he's not hurt. A He's hurt. He's passive. But yeah, he's he looks hurt. No, he's, he's hurt. Last couple games, he's just like. I, like I don't think anything you see from Seth Curry, man. That that guy is that guy's not not right. I love Seth, but I think he doesn't shoot as much as he should. And I don't really think yeah, that's on Doc Rivers. As much as I love blaming Doc for everything bad in my life, basketball <laughs> or not, I I think Seth Curry just doesn't shoot enough. He doesn't. Yeah, he, he passes he, up. He, he passes up wide open threes all the time. And if his and if dribbles his, into his a two feet or something aren't like exactly behind the three point line, he doesn't shoot. I'm like, dude, step step back two feet and shoot it. I, I think if he I think had Pork Moss's mentality, he'd be he'd be lights out. Yeah, I think amazing. Steph Curry is terrific. You know that trade will go down as one of my favorite trades of all yeah. time. Uh, but I think we also, as Sixers fans, kind of like kind of just have the the rose colored glasses when it comes to his uh, defense. Uh, that guy yeah. gets yeah. torn apart, yeah. <laughs> and we we kind of just throw it aside like it's nothing. Yeah, go. It's not just his lack of defensive ability. He doesn't even try to play defense. Yeah. And yeah, he can, I, but he doesn't he's even so try pudgy. to play defense. He's so pudgy. He it's so funny. And little and little and short arms. And it, yeah. a lot of it is like sure the effort could be a little better, but a lot of it's like there's not much he can do. It's you're no. smaller, you're slower, you're less athletic than the guys you're attempting to guard. And that usually doesn't work out in your favor. And I know it's an unpopular opinion, but I absolutely would be open to shipping off Seth in kind of a, a two-five package or whatever. Just because when we talk about playoffs. Like a Maxi Curry backcourt, we're not guarding anyone. There's not a team out there that that the, those two are locking up just yeah. based on the size and just the disadvantages that are going to occur there. Uh, like even dating back to the Hawks series last year, like uh, Curry was terrific offensively, so you had to leave him out there, and and the Sixers would have looked so much worse if it wasn't. But Kevin Herter was the guy killing us because he was just one on one with yeah. Seth Curry, and Kevin Herter should never be that guy. Like, <laughs> no disrespect to yeah, Kevin Herter, he's a decent NBA player. He got player. a bag because of that. Yeah, a hundred percent. So, Shoot. that's what really upsets me about this. That's what it really upsets me about this roster. Is like uh, you have uh, twenty five just sitting there, you know, crying like a little girl. This entire roster was built around fucking 25 yeah it's it's so obvious this entire season like that ben simmons is the missing link in so many areas of this team yeah. and <laughs> like, not perfect. and now he's not over there like crying and saying you threw me under the bus come on man and now it's like you got to move a piece that you wouldn't really want to move just to move ben you know when you're throwing in like a seth curry because I, I would do it to move ben and get a piece back i would i agree with sean but it's not somebody I want. I'm like proactively trading, right? Like that's for a sure, nice pitch sure, yeah. piece. Good point. But it, I think that's why Dejounte Murray is perfect. Us. We need better rebounding, athleticism, and um, playmaking. And what are the three best things of Dejounte Murray, who also scores 18 points a game and his three point percentage is not great, but he shoots three pointers. Um, Dejounte is perfect. I would do it's that like, all day. All yeah, day. Like what Eastwood said earlier. Perfect. I agree. Shout out to uh, Duncan with the five dollars super chat. Says this is the point. Even trading him out of Philly, we we may have to get rid of players that make the team yep. great. I don't want to get rid of anyone except him. I agree, Duncan. I think it's a good point. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. I got one more thing for you guys. And shout 
again to all you guys for coming up on here hanging out it's been a lot of fun shout out to everybody in the chat still 440 in here guys hit the like button subscribe to all the channels um man you guys have brought my energy level from like an 8.5 down to like a four <laughs> Dude, we overreacted to that game last night it's just you know it's it's just reality well you guys got me thinking about the last seven, you guys got me thinking about the last seven months now it's like that i just like I feel like I've done all this for nothing. Like, are we really not going to trade the man? And never been about this year, man. It's never RB, been. I hope, man. I it's hope. June 21st. I've been in my feelings, man, about this whole thing. And it's crazy. I, I, I think the point you made about Daryl raising the bar as high as he possibly could and then maybe willing to come down could be valid. Like, I, I don't think that's out of the question. And I, I think that, I mean, there's so many mind games and things going on behind the scenes, but I, there is a part of me that believes that's still in the possibility. Like, especially when we talk about like the Kings trade where he's just kind of keep pushing and keep pushing. If he hits closer to the deadline and goes like, all right, let's bring that back up and reel it in. I don't think that's out of the question and I'm holding out a little bit of hope, but that, I mean, I, Look, we've, I've been over where I sit. Just, just guys, Oh, my bad. I was just going to say, just to respond to that, like the thing that really started to reel me in with the fishing rod is when he, when he went to, Oh, well, you know, I mean a top 40 player, like I would, I would think about it, you know, like first it was top 30. It was star nothing. Then it's like, Oh, well, you know, I mean, they have some, the Kings are trash, but you know, the top 40 player and a bench and some picks. Like I, I would think about yeah. it. He and, he was saying that you're right. He was saying and that he didn't, and, he didn't just make that up off the top of his head. There's no he, way, like, he, all right, you know what I mean? Like, that some, some talk had to endure for him to at least put that framework in his mind. That's all I'm gonna say. But if you remember, the reasoning behind that was he was like, the way Joel's been playing, he's like, doesn't have to be top 25, top 30. The way Joel's yeah, playing, exactly. it only has to be top 40. But that's that's what we've been saying this whole time, like, right? I, dude, it. it <laughs> Get DeJounte Murray, bro. Just go get DeJounte maybe, Murray and Kelvin Johnson call it a day. Maybe That's the Kings the stop playing hardball. You know, I, who knows? I mean, yeah. it, it definitely – there's a possibility that, that what RB proposed earlier that is the case. I could see that for sure. I just look back to the uh, the rumor regarding that Indiana package like early on in the offseason that everybody Brogdon. like turned their head to Malcolm Brogdon and like oh, the man, 14th pick turned into Chris Duarte. Like, I – <laughs> Looking back, like hindsight, twenty twenty, always. But uh, I would have yeah. done it all day. That would have been nice. I also Pretty don't believe anything we're hearing, like rumors wise, going yeah. on right now. Nothing. I don't believe any of it. So um, it's going to be a wild ride. Yeah, it's, it, it's going to be a wild ride for sure. All right, last thing, I need to hear from all you guys. What will you do? Like, what is your ideology if it if the trade doesn't happen? Like, what is the way to fix this team? I will go first so that. I can get the positive energy out of the way, you know. <laughs> we can we can end off on the. No, I'm just kidding. But um, look, man, here's you, you, this might take you guys aback a little bit. If I was Daryl Morey, I would make a trade at the deadline. And if a trade didn't happen, I would trade everybody on this team except for Joel Embiid, Tyrese Maxey, and Matisse Thybul. And I'm starting over, and not a start over, but a retool <laughs> with those three. And I don't see. Because I think if you don't make a push right now, you're not making one. Like you have to get a player with how Joel is playing right now, and I don't, I don't see us getting like a big name star for two five and whatever. Because I don't think we're trading Max, and I just don't see like the the equal value being there. So if I'm Daryl Morey, I'm doing a complete retool. I'm banking on Joel's health, and I'm just going and getting draft picks and trying to make a big signing. 
And that that's really what I would do if we don't make a trade. But I really hope we pull something off. Elaborate. Like, what would you do? What moves would you make? At the deadline? Yeah. If, if 2-5 doesn't get moved and you're retooling, what's the first retool that you do? I'm trading slash cutting every guy except Joel and B. Slash cutting, I like that. Who do you have involved in that? Like, who would you want to bring back? Elias Harris, Danny Green. I mean, I can list the whole roster if you want. (laughs) I think think that's my plan is I I get rid of Tobias Harris, get you you some somewhat flexibility moving forward. Uh, Number two, you hope that Tyrese Maxey continues – uh, to develop his ball skills, to continues to develop his defense that we have seen. And hopefully that shooting that we've seen this year maintains uh, over uh, the rest of his career. Um, hopefully, number three, you know, Darren Morey starts to add some more athletic guys to this roster. Uh, and we start to kind of get some more versatile 3 and D wings, uh, guys that can compete uh, with some of the top, uh, you know, you know, athletic teams in this in this NBA um, and that's where I would start. Um, and then hopefully maybe, you know, maybe Matisse Thibel becomes an average three-point shooter and can be a legit uh, real starter in this league uh, and play, you know, crunch time in the fourth quarter with Joel Embiid. So I think it starts internally. Uh, then I think it starts for this year. Uh, I'm sorry, but it's never been about this year. Getting Tobias off the books is a huge win if they can. Uh, and Maybe you start the offseason, uh, you know, moving forward with this roster. I, I want to add one more thing before I let the rest of you guys go. Someone in the chat said that I've said that these last two years were the best chance for the Sixers. And it's actually crazy to think about, right? Usually you need your stars to be around like 28, 29, 30. Like usually they mature, they grow, and that's when you win. But the reason I'm saying I would retool if we don't go all in and make a trade is because sadly, like the Sixers are in a weird predicament where they have an all-world player who's 27, and then they have another guy who looks like he could be that who's 21. And honestly, I'm starting to think, and I'm getting a little bit nervous about this, like, is was our best chance behind us now? Was our two best chances to go all the way? And, and maybe we didn't realize it at the time. You know, maybe we said, oh, well, one day when these guys are 28, but look at what we're dealing with now. We're dealing with a head case. The other yeah. guy overpaid, and it's like, was, was Toronto the best chance for us to win it all? I'm starting to think, yeah. So that's why I'm saying this is that push. You got to make something happen. I just but the thing to- is, I, I would believe that 100%, and I probably do, but we have Daryl Morey. There's anybody that can help us out. We have reached our lifeline. This is the guy. Once this, in the next two, three years come out and nothing happens, then yeah, 100%. But Daryl Morey is the guy that, if there is something we can do, I think he's the guy who can do it. So yeah. I agree, but I'm also not as pessimistic about it because the last two years, yeah, we had great shots. Um, but I think this year and next year and the year after, we still have a great chance, especially if Embiid continues to condition, play the way that he's playing and be healthy. Like what, what says that we can't get something for Ben Simmons, not even talent-wise, but just yeah. a better fit? Because now for yeah. the first time in our franchise's history, we realized let's not build around a bum point guard who isn't a point guard and let's build around one of the best players that the Philadelphia 76ers have ever had. Um, mm-hmm. I think when it comes to um, uh, what I would do this deadline, I would, you got to see, you got to scour the market for Tobias Harris. 
I don't, you, you don't have any, yeah. I don't have faith in that guy at no, all. He um, had some good games, like three in a row. You got to trade him like right now. Right now. Like I hope I go on my phone after this and Tobias Harris traded for anybody. Um, <laughs> I'm true. thinking like maybe uh, Harrison Barnes, um, maybe like a buddy healed Harrison Barnes thing. I don't know the finance there. So, but that's just spitballing. We, we need, yeah, he's terrible, but he shoots threes and Tobias Harris is terrible on a much worse contract. So that's we can't true. expect to, we can't expect to get back like gold, you know, it's right. just, I always have said NBA trades happen when both fan bases hate it. Both fan bases are like, oh, really? That's what we did? That's how NBA trades work. There is no 2K. That's not how it works. Um, so if we can get Harrison Barnes, who is a more athletic, better, and more efficient scorer than Tobias Harris, then yeah, I'll do that. And um, I think I, you got to see what you can do with Tobias Harris because that's that's where this team wins and dies this year is through him. And I don't trust him. I, yeah. I don't I don't care if he plays well for the rest of the season. I don't trust him when it comes to the playoffs. Um, obviously, you have to move Ben Simmons. It's not going to happen. Sorry, RB. Um, and we need bench. We need bench help. Like, like maybe after the deadline, there's the buyout market. Like we said, Goran Dragic. Maybe Eric Gordon gets bought out. Um, there's guys that we can get that can shoot the ball, can score, shot create off the bench. Um, I the window is so interesting with Maxi being 21 and and Embiid being 27, and we've clearly tried to accelerate the the development of Tyrese Maxi, and so far somehow it's worked. So, like, maybe worst-case scenario, honestly, we have built ourselves a solid future that we can maybe eventually, someday down the line, worst-case scenario, build around Tyrese Maxey. The, um, what's the differential between, you know, Tobias for Barnes and Buddy Hill from three? Is that, like, 10-plus attempts from three? Probably, probably up there, right? Darren Moore yeah. loves his three-point attempts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't love Buddy Hill defensively, so. I don't think Tobias is moving at all. Just no, I don't either. I don't either. I don't either. But, I mean, Sacramento's desperate. They haven't made the playoffs in 15 years, like you said, or had a winning record. So, if any team's going to be, like, stupid enough to take on a guy who clearly doesn't play basketball. <clears throat> it's like that Encanto song, like, waiting on a miracle. <laughs> I, need, I need to do more research on Disney. That's my bad. I don't, I don't know it. I don't know enough. Encanto. I have a two-year-old. It's my life. <laughs> Nah, so uh, as far as what I would do um, at the deadline, obviously, if you can't move Ben, um, I'm, I'm trying to move guys like Korkmaz and, and Danny Green, get those guys off my roster um, and clear that clear that space. I, I would search the field for Tobias Harris, whatever you can do in that case. Um, but I do think that his his move would be in the offseason. So like at that point, you, you go down the stretch, you if he flops again, we watch him flop and unfortunately you have to deal with that again. But then you move him in the offseason, maybe get, you know, expiring contracts, something, something. It's one less year that's on his contract that they would have to pay him. So it's going to be a little bit easier to to move him, I would imagine. But, man, it's a <laughs> it's it's a little rough. I I guess as far as at the deadline, if if I can move Korkmaz, Danny Green, any of those guys taking up salary on, on the end of the bench there um, and just get quality bench pieces. Let's ride out this season and see what we got. See if Tyrese Maxey can reach a level that we just think that we we don't think is possible for this season, um, and, and see where they go. But I, I think we at least got a little bit of optimism here, um, as far as with Maxey and Joel Embiid, um, Matisse Thybul. I'm I, I love Matisse. He's not untradeable to me. I, I'll be honest with you guys. I agree. Um, I, I would move him if you know if if like it took that to move Ben. I'm doing that all day, and I get I get everybody talks about defense. 
defense hasn't won us shit. And I, and I hate <laughs> to say that. Like, we had, what, the best defense in the in the world last year. And that did not stop Trey Young from eliminating us from the playoffs. Um, You watched Matisse last night. Like, I get he had that game against Steph. That, that's one game against the Warriors. You got to play these guys seven times in a series. Steph's going to get his. Guys at that elite level of scoring are going to get theirs. So, like – I, I don't know. I don't value it as much as say the the regular fam would, but I, I get I get the point. I would try to hold on to Matisse, but he he definitely is not untradeable in my eyes. The only guys are uh, Maxi and and Embiid. I fully agree with Scotty that that next contract from Thibel is uh, could be a problem. That could yeah. be a problem with Joel Embiid. Yeah, good take. Good take. Shout out to Avi with the two dollar donation. If no trade by Feb tenth, more is a B like Danny Ainge. Gotta make a move. Gotta make something happen. Uh, it's the same worry. thing, right? It's the same thing. Like and Danny Ainge waited and waited and waited and waited, and now we're kind of in that same mold, right? If this was Elton Brand or anybody before that, I would a hundred and ten percent say we are not. I used to, I used to literally sit there like biting my fingernails, and we would end up with like nobody. No, I'm. A, I was. I was ecstatic when we traded for Alec Burks at the trade. <laughs> that, that Jimmy Butler trade though was great. That was a great trade for Jimmy Butler. We gave up nothing. I was. I was a fan of Elton as you know when he came in and started making moves until it got to the contract part and the entire trajectory of our franchise just started to decline because of that. And you know, Listen, I, 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 more I have a conspiracy me. about Elton Brand. I think. He's still on this team. He still has a job with this organization because they it wasn't him. That's my yeah. deep conspiracy. I think it yeah. was Brett Brown and you know Scott O'Neill who took his money and ran. Some of the other owners, I think they were all like, "Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's let's put two centers on the floor and play bully ball, and nobody will score any points." And I think like all that the ship sank. It went up in flames. And maybe uh, Elton Brand was sitting there like, uh, guys, I told you, man, you can't fire me. You guys did that. You know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? So no. then they were like, all right, well, listen, we're going to get Daryl Morey. We're not going to no, fire you. Know, but but you there's got to be something nothing. there. He would have been gone. I also think the the context of it all matters, too. Like, when when we just talk about Tobias' contract as a whole, obviously he's overpaid. Obviously it's too much. When we think about how that happened, like, how stupid would the Sixers have looked if they just traded everything for Tobias and Jimmy Butler and then let both walk at the end of the year? Like, they were That's pretty really handcuffed. Point to have to give him that money, which I don't think people give that enough consideration. And I mean, obviously like sitting back now, it, it you hate that he's getting that contract, but it's pretty simple how they came to the conclusion to offer it to him. Yeah. That's a really good point. I agree. All right. So Sean down to Sean and DJ, but actually one point I want to throw into, like if this does go past the deadline, do you think the NBA stands in here at all? Like, I mean, this is bad for their product, man. This is bad for their business, especially a yeah. team. Imagine if we make the playoffs as like a top four seed and we're playing without one of our players. Like, I think behind closed the doors, process, bro. Yeah, I think behind closed doors, they're absolutely on the Sixers side and telling Daryl Morey to stick it to him in any way he can, find mm -hmm. him in every way he can. But I just don't see publicly anything happen as, as, as much as I wish there would be. And it's such a weird scenario. Like this, some, this whole situation is something like I don't think anyone could really imagine could have gone down like this and it had come out like this. And it's tough. Like at the end of the day, you can't force a guy to play basketball as crazy as yeah. it is. And you really just shouldn't have to. Like it should not be that hard to get that happen. So I don't really know how it shakes out, but I don't think the NBA is going to do anything. Yeah, exactly. Because what can the NBA do besides fine you and not pay you? Like th right. that, usually, that usually works. Hey, Which you're getting clearly fined, fined. Yeah. and you're not – getting paid and you're losing 20 million dollars in a year most people are like all right fine i'll play 
Mm-hmm. They're dealing yeah, with something now. They're like, what? This guy's just going to give up this. We can't do anything else. And we want to trade him for a guy who did the exact same shit in Houston. Crazy. <laughs> but he played. But he for played. a guy who purposely gained 150 pounds and gave no shits. How crazy Hashtag is that? Contract. But he's he on that court. He came he's back on that court. Void the contract. Every night. With the contract, let him become a free agent. See how he likes that. Sign his a one million, one year, five million dollar deal. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Other players were at least good enough when they play to do those kinds of things. Yeah. So what you're saying is this is Philadelphia, and this is who. We are. <laughs> yes. Uh, to jump in the RB is my mind, man. That's all I'm saying. Don't don't contact me after. <laughs> Going on strike. To jump in and answer your your full question, I mean, when you think about the big picture of this and how many misses the Sixers have had, and when you think about like the faults, the trade for Butler, the the Okafor, that you can go back, the Colangelo, you can go back as far as you want. Like the the prime winning years, we we've seen, like we've seen the the times they're supposed to when we talk about this. And the fact of the matter is, it could be over, but this is the last hanging thread on saving it. And the conversation absolutely has to switch to making everything about Joel Embiid. And aside from the money with Tobias Harris, just purely as players, they don't optimize each other. Like these are guys that for the most part operate in the same space. Toby is best out of the post in the mid range doing his, his stupid turnaround pump fake fadeaway twos is what he lives for. And I mean, you have to get away from that and find a guy that will at least space the floor, allow Joel to operate in the post as much as he wants to and operate in the mid range as much as he wants to, because he is that guy. And I think the conversation has to begin with Tobias. And that is obviously the glaring one. But I, I mean, from there, you're just moving parts with every single decision just has to be around what optimizes Joel best. I don't know, y'all. Tyree stepped up in that game six last year. He was looking pretty confident yeah. to me. Well, hey, if Ben doesn't play in that seventh in that seventh game, yeah. man, who knows? You win that. Only reason <laughs> they won that game was because Ben was in foul trouble. Yeah. I just, yeah. I just yeah. as well. You know, the Sixers are in the second seed now. So yes, um, sir. We're, hey Daryl, hope you're watching, bro. Dude, I love that. <laughs> I love that Jimmy Butler team, but think about that roster, man. Like you just talked about Tobias Harris taking up paint, uh, space in the paint. You had Jimmy Butler, who's not a great three point shooter. You had Ben Simmons, who scores all of his points in the paint. You had who else was on that team? Like it just doesn't make any sense. This team hasn't made sense forever. Yeah. And that's my point. And we went to game seven of the second round twice, and we should have went to the finals. And it's time and for everyone, Daryl Moore. Everyone, like, oh, go ahead. Everyone wanted to get on Joel Embiid when he would have a game where he scored one point because he got triple teamed. You hit your defenders right next to me because you're in the paint too. <laughs> Everybody get out of the paint. I hated it. Oh, my God. <laughs> not that far off, man. We're not that far. If, <laughs> if we can go to the conference final, we had Mike Scott on that bench playing. Man. We had Greg Monroe. We had Boban. Boban. I'm faster than Boban, and I'm slow. I'm faster than Boban. Is Come Rob on. still in the chat with the Boban picture on his wall? Rob, where are you? I miss Boban. I, miss yeah, Boban. And I, I pulled up these stats earlier today when there was the uh, you know the whole slander on the Embiid in the Raptors series. But Greg Monroe was minus 23 in his 48 minutes across the series, and Boban was minus 44 in his 27 minutes in the series, which is just – that's like absurd deficiencies for not being able to take Embiid off the court. God, dude. Joel came out for two minutes, and Monroe was a minus 11. <laughs> like <laughs> – <laughs> like I'll never forget that. To like, That's I will remember wild. that number forever, man. And we all, we should have wow. won that series if it wasn't for a four bounce against you know Kawhi. I mean, it, 
we weren't winning a championship with Ben Simmons on the team. I don't think any with Ben Simmons being a major part of your offense. I think if he's eventually on a lesser contract and is more of a role player with this crazy athleticism or whatever, well, I guess he'd be closer to 30 by that point. I don't know. Ben's never winning a championship. <laughs> Just not. I hope not. Imagine so, Ben winning a championship. He's a glorified role player. Yeah. Yeah. So you take him out, you put in Maxi, and you get another role player, man. And hey. There. I like there. it. Come on, man. Shout out to uh, Rick with the $5 Super Chat. The Achilles heel is Doc Rivers. He could kill the team. Trades me nothing if Doc does the stupid rotations. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I'm telling you, there's, there's a, it's a whole different outlook without Doc Rivers at the lead with this team right now. It's like Thibodeau saying he doesn't think Cam Reddish is going to see the rotation. The hell did you just trade for the guy if you're not even going to yeah, play? Yes. It's really the same yeah. as Doc Rivers. My problem, is, trade for him. my problem is Doc Rivers taking an ordinary loss and throwing it into a fire and making it like a three-day storyline. Like, stop. <laughs> just say we could have done better. All he has to say is it starts with me. We could have done better. You don't have to say, like, don't ask me that question. I've earned – like, come on, man. You remember the first – I won't hear you. With an ego like that. You remember the first uh, game against Brooklyn at the beginning of the season? It was like the home opener where he didn't challenge the one I, – I can't even remember what it was at this point. He didn't challenge it, and he said – he tried to blame it on, on the guy oh, yeah, yeah. that is assigned to tell him to challenge in the press conference. Like, you're just saying that other people are making decisions for you. In order to not be accountable. I wasn't, I was not joking at all when I said DeJounte Murray to Philly, he would just be a glorified (laughs) catch and shoot uh, three point player. That's, that's what he, that wasn't, I'm not really joking. Dunker spot. Unbelievable, man. All right, DJ, close us out. You know, the most optimistic guy on the panel. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were being serious for a second. I'm like, I thought it was too, man. Mr. Crockpot takes it to the next level sometimes, though. So glad to have him out here, man. Maybe I'm the I'm number four most negative. <laughs> He's like an evil twin. He's like the dude on your shoulder. <laughs> you know I mean? Oh, man. What, what I would do if the trade does, if a Ben Simmons trade doesn't happen at the deadline. Yeah, I think Daryl Moore is going to make whatever smaller moves he can make. But I think he knows that that doesn't make you a championship team uh, anyway. But I don't think he's not going to do anything. But I think he's definitely not going to trade Ben Simmons at the deadline because there just doesn't seem to be a reason to right now. Besides, like there's just there's not players available that are really moving the needle. Uh, with Tyrese Maxey playing better, I'm interested to see what Tyrese Maxey looks like tomorrow, and I want to I want to see him put up 23 field goal attempts with Joel Embiid on the floor. You know what I mean? Because like. I get that Joel's not there, so you got to be the guy. But you could also be the guy and take some of that off of Joel. They, it, it, I guess it'll, it'll take a, it'll take some time for them to figure that out together. But uh, I don't see the Ben Simmons thing happen as a trade deadline. Sadly, um, Tobias Harris is impossible to trade. Absolutely impossible to trade. The the best thing that could happen right now is Tobias Harris playing at the level that he's played at in January, and and when we go the rest of the season, we get something out of him. Yeah. You know. Uh, and you don't rely heavily on him in the playoffs. I think I think Tobias Harris is better when to, to, when Tyrese Maxey has the ball in his hands. Like if Tobias can play off of him the same way he kind of played off of Ben, he's a better player than here's the ball. Let's run the offense through Tobias Harris. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't I don't see much happening at the trade deadline, man. So I'm not even expecting it. <laughs> yeah, well, that, uh, just to your point, dude. It, like. Give Tyrese Maxey the keys. Like take take Tobias out of that second fiddle and insert Tyrese Maxey. 
if he's not ready this year, it don't matter. Like, what do we got to lose? How so, many more signs like, does Doc Rivers have to see? Like, that's my thing. How many more? Like, like, how many more signs? Kid gets buckets. He's he's a a hooper. Maxie is a hooper. Maxie's been doing it from the moment he came into the NBA. I don't. I really. I've never understood why Doc Rivers is having such a tight leash on that kid. He's the second best. He doesn't player. play young. He doesn't play kids, man. That's, yeah. that's that's his yeah. thing. He does not play the kids, and, and he doesn't give them the leash that they need uh, to kind of take their growing lumps and pains and get, get through them. 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 And we saw, like you said, man, from Ty- the jump, Tyrese Maxey in big moments has rise to the occasion every single time, and we still freaking see the offense running through Tobias Harris, Furkan Korkman, Seth Curry. It's nauseating, man. It's nauseating. We have yeah, no idea how good Maxie is. If, if yeah. Ben Simmons played this year and everything was all good, we would still be like, oh, Maxie could be good one day. Yeah. That's Doc Rivers. Yeah. He wasn't – we don't – We the only reason we know Maxie is such a stud that he is is because Doc Rivers had no choice. Yeah. It's either start him or Furkan Korkman as a point guard. And yeah. Hating on Maxi, man. I, I swear, yeah. Doc. Like even in situations in the game, like where Maxi gets like thrown on the ground on a rebound, gets called for a foul. Doc will yell at Maxi. Actually, and, like, I, I'm just like, who, why are you hating on this kid? Like he just got thrown I, to the ground by Blake Griffin. I take it back. I I, I said a comment earlier about how Tyrese Maxi has to be the one that like you know grows the cojones and says, you know, I'm the captain now and takes the rock. It's got to be Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid has to be the one publicly that says Ty- Tyrese Maxey has been balling his ass off. Give Tyrese Maxey the ball. And that maybe uh, above Doc Rivers, you know, maybe. Do you, think Tobias Harris right has, do you think Tobias Harris has an ego, though? Do you think Tobias Harris sometimes is like, all right, my turn. Give me the ball. Yes. Maybe. No, I, don't, I don't think it's as big yes. as we think. Because I, I think I mean, off the court, he's terrific, right? Yeah, he's but, a good, good dude, if, good teammate. If but, anyone but, could base on Tobias, though, it would be Doc. So, like, yeah. if, if he does have an ego, he should be able to shut that down. But I agree, dude. He absolutely has an ego, and that's been the problem with this team. Like, you you go look at any company, right? Say say the the lower level manager is ten times better than the the controller or the owner of the company or some high level executive, right? Yeah. And you know, like. You're going to that low-level manager. They can do anything you want. But, you know, that controller, he's starting to feel it. He's like, well, you know, my pay grade's up here. I, I'm, I got the big title, the big desk, the big name. Why, why is this dude getting all the attention? I I see it, man. And, every, and like, when Tobias just needs to come down to earth and recognize that he averages 20 a game, 18, 9, whatever, and give the rock to the kid, man. Like, you just have to do it. Yeah. Just send him, a little, send him a little book on, uh, you know, responsibility and leadership, and it'll all be good. Give us a little something to read and get over it. Exactly, man. Exactly. By the way, Chicago Bulls here in a, in a two-point game, three and a half minutes to go. If the Bulls lose, the Sixers tie for first. We're going to get real annoying on, on YouTube, all across the social media platforms. I'm going to get real annoying. Oh, you guys are yeah. the best of me tonight. Just wait. <laughs> Nothing like regular season basketball. That's what I mean. Court. It is against the magic. So we talk about the Sixers struggling with these bad teams. I mean, we're, we're beating the Orlando Magic. It might take a Mo Bamba 30-point performance. <laughs> beating the magic, man. We're, 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 we're from a beat. We're a two-point game. We're, we're, we're blowing away in the third quarter. So, I mean – that is my anything. thing. That is my thing with the regular season. And, and you know, when we talk about the 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 deficiencies the team still has, it's like when they go on a run like this, 
we're not allowed to say these things. People get so mad. Like, how could you say this? We're tied for first. How could you say whatever? And it's the same thing that happened with the Eagles this year. And I was like, we are going to get smoked by Tom Brady. Are you kidding me? And I was such a hater, but it was just realistic to me. It's just I'm trying to try to predict it by what I'm seeing every game. That's all. Oh, I, I was in the same boat, DJ. Same boat. Yeah. I agreed with that, but the Eagles didn't have Joel Embiid or a player compared to him. You know, I mean, I'm looking. Yeah, DJ at loves team. Jalen Hurts, though, right? I'm, you I'm think Jalen Hurts is like Embiid, right, DJ? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm going through the East right now. He's awful. No, he's awful. I mean, he's a good backup quarterback. <laughs> it, this fan base, this fan base just overrates the hell out of anybody wild. that puts it's on. Wild. It's wild. Wild. I saw Everyone. somebody comparing him to Devontae Smith pick. Yo, I, I, I can't remember who. Oh, the, the Josh yeah. Allen shit on my timeline oh, Twitter Josh has Allen. been oh. nauseating. Listen, he was projected to be a third or fourth round pick. His comparison <laughs> coming out of college was Tim Tebow, and he was drafted to be a backup quarterback. He's just forced to be a starter right now. He's not. He's, I like the guy, but let's be serious. Oh, wait, I, I probably like him. I've seen like twenty Here. throws in this in these playoffs that were like better than anything I've ever seen from Jalen Hurts. Period. Yeah. Well, at the end of the day. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that. We're talking regular season versus playoffs. Who brought up Jalen Hurts? This is a Sixers live stream, and these dudes are over here crapping on Jalen, man. Like, damn, damn. Like, look, the Sixers got a shot, it's, man. Sixers, yo, the Sixers yo, got a better shot than Jalen Hurts. I'll, I'll give them that. The Sixers are the lights of the city, man. Right now, yeah, that's fair. how bad the other sports are. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Oh and Flyers are going to have paper bags on their heads soon, man. Like, Listen, yeah, yeah, talk about getting stars. Look at the Phillies. Baseball isn't even going to get played this year. Oh, I, mean, I, I don't <laughs> even. I don't even think of the Phillies as an organization. I wouldn't. I wasn't even going to bring that up. <laughs> Dude, all, I, I will end with this. I'm looking at the Eastern Conference. Nobody is stopping Joel Embiid. This man's on a vengeance. We said last year he could average 30 in a playoff series. This man could average 37 in a playoff series. I'm not even lying to you. We thought he dominated the Wizards. That was with a, a six foot 11, 240 pound non offensive player just sitting on his hip. <laughs> That's what he can do now, man. That's all I'm going to say. And you're right. I agree with you. I agree with you that we have a chance that if uh, Tyrese Maxey can keep it up, and like you said, I think we're all in agreement if, Ty, if, uh, if uh, Tobias Harris can take a little bit of a back seat and let the point guard run the show, uh, I think they do. They could make some noise. I and agree. I, and going back to the original point about this last game we saw, if Andre Drummond can take more of a role uh, moving forward the rest of the season, maybe give Joel Embiid some nights off, who the hell cares about the regular season? You nailed it, RB. Joel Embiid in a playoff series, no one's stopping him. That guy is going to crush it as long as he's healthy. So uh, if Andre Drummond continues to play at this level, that is a major story. Yeah, I agree 100%. Shout out to all you guys for coming on, man. We still got over 400 people in here. Thank you all for being here, man. This was a lot of fun, no doubt. Uh, all these guys' channels are down below. Definitely check them out. We're all covering the team up until one of us or multiple people up here lose their mind next week. Maybe <laughs> you guys have accepted it. I haven't. Like, I'm, I'm going to be all in until, you know, whatever time. I think it's 3 p.m. on February 10th. I'll be there ready to rock, man. I, mean, I thought you were. I thought you were. Hurt me the same. I promise you. That's that's the crazy part about it. Is last week I was like, we're not making a trade. DJ was like, oh dude, we're, we're going all in. We're making a trade. 
And it's yeah, like, he was like, I'm not streaming the deadline. And I was like, I am. And now I'm not. <laughs> making a trade. We're making a trade. I was like, nah, there's no way. And it's like, that's what Philly sports is, man. Every week, it's just like, I might wake up tomorrow and say, there's no way we're making a trade. Who knows? Every day, it's different. Like, I didn't one expect day, it's. Go ahead. Go ahead. My bad. I didn't expect to wake up to to a Ramona Ramona Shelbourne hit piece this morning. So oh, I feel you. It's a roller coaster. I did want to say that when when we were talking about how annoying it is that these stories keep coming out, I was like, it's it's kind of this. I know it's going to be over soon, so it's entertainment for me. And somebody sends me the art. Somebody's like, Yo, are you going to make a video about the article? And I'm like, Is it going to piss me off? And they're like, Yes. And I'm like, Absolutely. I'm going to make a video about that article. And <laughs> you know, and, and I'll take the I'll take the views because this article's pissing me off. Sure, why not? I've been talking about this dude every day for the last six months. I can't take it anymore. I might have to consult with a doctor about like if this goes past the deadline, like I don't know what to talk about anymore. I'll talk about how great Joel is. I hope he wins MVP, but like, come on, man. His mental issues are stemming into my life. That's the problem. Exactly. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. The Bulls. So that's why you're thinking there will be a trade because you're hoping to God that there is one because you can't deal with it if there's not one and, and i think daryl morey based off of what i've heard him talk about last year if you heard him in that press conference after that hawk series this man was deflated like a, a balloon that popped he was like i was in my office smacking stuff around screaming like he's a fan man and he's sitting here watching this greatness and he's like i got the i got the the greatest talented center at my fingertips like I'm trying to go optimize. And he knows we should have won last year. He said it in that radio, uh, that radio gig on, on Mike Missinelli. He was like, we should have went farther than we did. We should have made it to the conference. Like, and he knows, he knows if we don't make a trade, we're not contending this year. But DJ That's said it earlier, I think he's his entire career is his whole like his past history. He goes for he thinks if you can get two guys who are top 15 guys, then nothing else matters. And you can figure it out. As long as you can get two top 15 guys, nothing else matters. And I think he's like, all right, well, top 15 guy. It doesn't matter. It maybe is Harden going to work? I don't know, but it's worth it because he's a top 15 guy. So like, and also, and- like yeah. that's hard to do. Like two top 15 yeah. guys. That's not yeah. even enough for one for every. That's enough for one for half of the teams. And that's considering some teams already have more than one of these guys. So that's like- why he came to Philly, though. Because yeah. you already have one, you know? You know what the thing is, man? 2-5 is not worth that. He's not even no, close. Not. And I, yeah. it sucks because I wanted him to be that. But if I put myself as – I know, like, I listen to other fans from other teams are like, yeah, you know, he'd make our team great because they've never seen what greatness is. And when you put yourself <laughs> in the GM's mindset, like another GM, I don't want this guy – like, what if he comes into my team and he's unhappy? Like, is he just going to go take a walk in the park and not come back? Like, what if a coach accidentally says, like, you know, he needed to be more aggressive tonight. Is he not going to come back? Like, Yeah, what happens the first time he has a wide open three at the top of the key and doesn't take it and the fans boo because every arena in the NBA knows what's what the deal is. I can't wait till he plays. I cannot wait. I don't care what team he goes for. And KD's jawing him down, telling him, yo, what is wrong with you, bro? Like, yeah. KD's not afraid to go at somebody. Like, right. Put him in the Blake Griffin role. Just let him run pick and rolls and dunk. RIP, but imagine what Kobe would say to this man. He would have smacked him. He would have yeah. said a word. He would have smacked him. He would have sure. suited up to play for the Sixers and be like, this is what you do. This is how you Michael, do it. Michael Jordan <laughs> and Kobe Bryant both would have smacked him. Yeah. Straight up. That's why he must be a Sacramento King because that yeah. is a team <laughs> that does not care about anything. 
And yeah, dude, that's just I, I played. I played competitive sports my whole life through college, and like I maxed out every ounce of my body, every ounce of my talent. It is what it is. The fact that we're saw, seeing like Charmin solve Ben Simmons, like you know, salty and cry because his feelings were hurt, and he was called out just a this much. It just kills me, man. I, I, I as a Ben Simmons guy, I agree, Scotty. He might be the most hated guy in Philadelphia. Time. Like legit, 100%. legit. Of all time. Like I don't. I, I say I hate a lot of people, but mm-hmm. like legit. <laughs> I have I have like a grudge against this guy. It's horrible. This this is killing me, man. I, I want to see Joel get a shot at, at the tourney, man. I want to see him get too. to the dance. I I, I Joel. It's time <laughs> to get him some help, man. And viewers, it, it sucks, man. I I, I want to see him be the man. But me too. On that note, go Sixers. <laughs> hey, on the positive note, they're 17 and 9 on the road. You look at last year, what they were like had 12 wins at this time. Like they are playing better on the road. Come on, guys. Second place Hashtag in the East. Three. Hashtag I think first. Hashtag make the trade. Hey, we might have to run this back next week so I can knock some sense into these guys. <laughs> Once all these rumors start flying. Let's get it. Let's get it. It's gonna be. I hope. The- I really hope it does, man. I hope he just at least goes with, with. With yeah, I would love you know, to be wrong. I can't. I, can I can't get a top fifteen player. I'll take Tyrese Halliburton. I'll take. I hope it happens, but I just. Dude, I, if I, Tyrese I, Halliburton was on the table and he denied that, I, I could see around bad. next Tuesday. It's gonna be one of them days where you're just refreshing Twitter, Woj, <laughs> dropping shams, everybody just. They, they're going to talk about him. They're absolutely going to talk about him nonstop until Thursday at 3 p.m. I think it's 3 p.m. Is anybody working next week? <laughs> I'm going to be hanging nah. off for dear life. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, man, <laughs> shout out to you guys for coming on. Um, yeah, this was a lot of fun, guys. I appreciate you guys. We'll, we can just go around and, and let everybody know again where you guys are. Uh, are at with everything we got almost 380 people in here thank you guys for being here uh greg go ahead man uh at greg melly nice and simple um <laughs> follow the youtube follow my twitter greg melly 27 follow my instagram if you want to look at me i don't i don't know <laughs> yeah uh you can follow me on twitter at sean underscore bernard one got it right there uh give a subscribe on the pick swap pod on youtube and uh check out the podcast there and check out my written work on phillysportsnetwork.com Am I up? <laughs> uh, dives, Mr. Crockpot on Twitter. Uh, check out the painted lines. Uh, I drop Sixers and Eagles content every single day. Uh, right now we're in NFL draft season. I've I did just before this my sixth mock mock simu, mock draft simulation uh, of the season. Uh, I've got the Georgia, uh, Georgia Bulldogs podcast joining tomorrow to break down all the top Georgia prospects. I've got quarterback rankings, linebacker rankings. Um, wide receiver rankings and edge rusher rankings uh, and quarterback scouting reports all up on the channel. If you love the NFL draft uh, and that is my baby. So um, tons and tons of just NFL draft pumping out. And of course I, I, I drop Sixers highlight reels literally every day. Uh, so thank you so much uh, RB. Thank you so much DJ for letting me join me. this was a blast. And I swear I'm not that negative. <laughs> no, I, just think you're, I just think you're very realistic you don't ease into it though you're like this team sucks <laughs> <laughs> doc is a pompous ass <laughs> hey, hey. 
Uh, no, I guess I'm the last one here. But uh, thank you once again, RB, uh, you know, DJ, thank you for having me, of course. And I'll, I'll come back anytime. Just let me know. Uh, but you can find me at Scotty Drown. That's on all social media platforms. And uh, just make sure you subscribe to DSM Media on YouTube. We cover uh, the, the Philly sports across the spectrum. So we got you covered with all five, six sports, whatever you want to call this city. Um, we got you covered. DJ? Yeah, yeah, yeah. DJ Eastwood, run it back Philly. No frauds, no fanboys, and definitely no intros. Love it, man. <laughs> Have a good one. Peace. <laughs>